0: Here I turned 12, the age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. <laughs> well, I still hadn't had the other
1: two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Well, just stand up and walk out on me. Happy Wonder Wednesday, everybody. Today, I'm con- <laughs> continuing my coverage of season one of the new Wonder Years. Season 1, episode 12, entitled, I'm With The Band, which aired January 19th, 2022. In this episode, when Dean loses his position as 1st cheer saxophone in the school band, Bill lays the pressure on him to earn it back. You know, the thing is, I noticed, it seems like the only time we saw Dean use a saxophone would have been in the third episode Which would have been the workplace. We have not yet seen him play the saxophone up until now. And I'm just thinking, just, you know, in that amount of time, how good he's gotten, because we haven't seen it. We've only heard about it. So, hopefully he can demonstrate (laughs) to us that he is a superstar. That he says that Dean says he is. So yeah, this episode has a seven point four out of ten based on fifty two ratings. Let's see, we got the cast list. Let's see who we got who we may not have seen. Oh, oh, we have Bill's band members. We got Washboard. We got Brian Bumley. We got Neil. Gant is Julian, probably someone in Dean's class. Julian, Hayden Byers as Craig, Nathan Anderson as Mr. Mason. Not sure who he would be. Brian Curlander as Duke. I cannot pronounce this name. Kumo, Yuno, know, Kumo, Schlander, as Teddy, Jaren. Mabane as Calvin, and Tiffany L. Burris as Clerk. So if she doesn't actually get a character's name; she just gets a position. All right, of course, yes. As I said, Alex Patterson, Brian Bumley, Boone McKenzie as Washboard, and of course, our favorite characters returning. The main cast: E.J. Williams playing Dean Williams, Dulé Hill, Bill Williams, guys, if I'm mispronouncing his name, please shoot me an email, shoot me a message, comment on the Facebook, looking back on my Wonder Years page. Um, course, um, Lillian Williams, played by Sekon Sin Sinblog, Laura Kariuki, playing Kim Williams, see, I feel horrible. Amari O'Neal, playing Corey Long, and Julian Lerner as Brad Hitman. Okay, Brad Hitman is Hitman's, his last name. Milan Ray as Kisa Clemens, and Don Cheadle playing the narrator, Adult Dean. All right. We have no trivia. We have no user reviews. That's about it. <laughs> All right. So before I jump into this podcast... I want to let you know, if you're just jumping on the Wonder Years podcast for the first time, you can listen to all six seasons of the original Wonder Years on SoundCloud. Unfortunately, iTunes, for whatever reason, only holds so many episodes. So, I, I just, I don't know. So, also... It's been brought to my attention a couple times to kind of, at least when it comes with the Wonder Years, to kind of tone down on some F-bombs. I have been trying my best, and I will continue to do so, but honestly, I'm not going to do that for, (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's just. How I want to run my podcast. Sometimes some I want to be family friendly. Some I want to be allowed to speak my mind when I want to. So I am toning up on the f bombs at least with the Wonder Years. All right. That way more people can listen to it if they want don't want to hear you know f bombs and whatnot. So all right. Let's get into the podcast episode. I'm with the band. Okay, so here's the cold open. We have Lillian at the piano. Adult Dean says, like, families around the neighborhood were known for certain things. The Williams family is known for being musical. Because we see Lillian on the piano. We see... I'm trying to see whether this is Kim is playing like a cello or something to that effect. But it's really interesting because up to this point, we've only known Bill as a musician, you know, playing his sax. So the fact that other family members do have these musical talents, that is really, really cool. It's another insight to the Williams family that I'm, I'm learning about. And Dean says because his, you know, Bill was um, a music professor, they really didn't have a choice in no the matter whether they wa- even if they didn't want to play an instrument, they were going to learn about music. And Dean says, "I learned scales before I even learned how to ride a bike." So the family is watching Bill play at one of the clubs, and Dean. Tells us about how, like, when his dad is playing up there on stage, he closes his eyes. Dean knows, like, that's when his dad's really feeling the music. And Dean says, I hope that when I play that I can feel that way, too. Like, you're just so into what you're doing and that you're just, you're, you're in the zone, basically. So after the show, we do have uh, a white man telling Bill, like, you, I really enjoyed you. your playing up there. And then I guess there's something he wants Bill to think about, to consider, and Bill says, oh, definitely. So I'm wondering what that is. Maybe like a showcase or, or a, a, I mean, tour. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think the guy is his manager, but... Maybe he could very well be the owner of that club. So that's when Lillian and the kids come up, and Bill introduces, you know, Lillian, his wife, and the kids, Kim and Dean. And he does add, well, Dean's the other saxophone player in the family. Like, I haven't heard him. I want to hear him on the sax. But that's the thing, I I honestly kind of wonder, I know that there are characters on shows that, probably do play instruments, but maybe that's not something they normally do and whether or not they probably just have a lot of behind-the-scenes training to do what is required of them on a show. So, I just kind of wonder if, you know, E.J. Williams, you know, I'm sure he took, you know, lessons and stuff prior to this. or I I, I don't know. Because I follow, you know, the kids and the adults. I follow them you know, the cast members on Instagram, so it's really fun to see all the the behind-the-scenes when it comes to filming and all that fun stuff. But definitely E.J. Williams is really into into basketball, so... And the thing is, with with the original Wonder Years, Kevin and Paul were always playing basketball or football. Seemingly, a lot of the time, they were shooting hoops in the the, um, Arnold driveway. So the man asked Dean, like, oh, you're going to play up on stage with your dad one day? And Dean's like, oh, well, actually, I'm going to be, I love the confidence in Dean. He's like, well, actually, <laughs> I'm going to be playing at the State Fair. I mean, with my school band, but, I mean, I'm first chair. So that seems like that um, is a big, big thing in junior high and high school when it comes to, First chair is, like, the most, like, you're right up there. Like, your top dog, basically, is being first chair. Like, you're, it's almost like you're the most important, I mean, everyone's important in the school band, but you're, like, the higher up on the musician chain when it comes to that. Like, you're really, really good. And the guy says, yeah, hey, Bill, he's like a regular chip off the old block, and, Dean asks, which I'm pretty sure you don't, you're a guest playing at the State Fair. Because Dean asks Dad, like, hey, do we get paid for playing the State Fair? I'm like, I, I don't think so, man. I don't think you do. You get awarded the honor to play at the State Fair. And Bill turns to the guy and says, now you can really say it like he's a chip on the old block. <laughs>
0: Growing up, our neighborhood was filled with all types of families that were well known for certain things. Everyone knew that the Williams family was a musical family. We all played instruments. With a dad who was a music professor, we didn't really have a choice. I could play the scales before I could ride a bike. That was partly because I had the coordination of a bumblebee, but mainly because of my dad. When Daddy closed his eyes, I knew that meant he was really feeling it. I wanted to feel like that when I played, too.
2: Been a big fan, as usual. You did not disappoint. I really hope you'll think about it.
3: Definitely. Oh. And this is my wife, Lillian, and my kids, Kim and Dean. Oh, what a pleasure. Dean's the other saxophone player in the family.
2: Really? Well, you can be on stage one day like your dad.
4: Well, actually, I'm about to play at the state fair. Well, my school band is. But I'm a first chair.
2: First chair?
3: <laughs> the regular chip off the old block. Huh? <laughs> you can say that.
4: Yeah, hey, Dad, they're paying us to play at the fair, right? <laughs> Now you can really see.
1: <laughs> okay, so now I am wondering if that he is his manager. Because when they're walking back to the car, Lillian says, wow, a whole tour across Alabama. And you, uh, Bill says, yeah, you know, I couldn't believe it myself. I He wants me and the guys to headline. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's already been on the radio, so... <laughs> So, Dean and Kim are like, you're going to do it, right? You're going to go on tour. And even Lily and it's like, please say you're going to do it. You're going to do it, right? And Bill's like, look, there's a lot to consider here. I'm kind of wondering, like, yeah, can he take time off from his job to go on tour and stuff like that? Yeah, he's like, be cool. There's a lot to consider. So, one of the things he is worried about is the fact that he is up for tenure. And if he goes on tour, that could easily jeopardize that tenure. Ooh. So Bill says, you know, he f- told his manager he let him know about it. And Lily, I love how she's so supportive of Bill and his music and everything. Says, you know, I'm behind you 100% whatever you decide. You have my full support. So Lily says that she's going to go um, shopping in Tuskegee. And Bill's like, wait, you all think you're going, don't you? And, and Lily says, I don't trust those groupies. Musicians are hot. Of course Dean would be all about it because <laughs> no school. Like you wouldn't have to eventually take your schoolwork with you or work your butt off to catch up and everything. Um, I do want to apologize. If you hear that noise out there, it's a leaf blower. The um, maintenance crew for the apartment complex is doing their... T- I've got to do it on my day off apparently. Hey, hey, hey. So, yeah, Dean's talking about, you know, the state fair, brings with a half a day of school, best rides, best food, everything. Oh, I'm so excited. I saw behind-the-scenes pictures, you know, since I follow the cast on Instagram, and it just looks so fun! Yeah, it, he also says he saw Corey threw up through his nose five times. Oh, after riding the this ride five times like ew also he got to see a cat a calf being born which is really cool
4: you can say that yeah hey dad they're paying us to play at the fair right
3: <laughs> now you can really say
5: <laughs> a tour all across alabama bill that is wonderful i
3: couldn't believe it at first myself but he wants me and got the headline That's
5: awesome. That's great, honey. <laughs> so what'd you tell
4: him are you gonna do it of course he's gonna do it you're gonna do it, right? Please say you're
3: doing it. Be cool. There's a lot to consider. You know I'm up for years and taking time off to go on the road could possibly jeopardize that. I told him I'd let him know so. Well,
5: no matter what you decide, you have my full support.
3: Thank you, baby. That means a lot. <laughs> oh,
5: we can go shopping in Tuskegee.
3: You all think you're going too, don't you?
5: I don't trust those groupies. Musicians are hot. No school. <laughs>
0: Wow. Daddy was getting a chance to play on a bigger stage, and so was I. The State Fair. It brought with it a half day of school for fair day and the best shows and rides you can imagine. One night, I saw a cow give birth and saw Corey throw up through his nose after riding the Enterprise five times.
1: down of course he's all about him he's bragging non-stop about you know his solo for the concert at the State Fair and also how he wants to get you know a new shirt since you know it's his first solo and you know and he wants to get a silk one so he looks cool I'm like oh I do know how hot it's gonna be down there I mean knows is silk a really good material? Maybe I'm thinking of polyester I don't know, but Kim even says she and her two friends are gonna go down there as well, even though Lillian's like, wait a minute, don't you have a paper that you need to like complete like a paper do and Dean's like clearing it so like, his <coughs> it's like yes Dean, of course continue bragging about your solo I swear. the the family's, like, tired of hearing about it. It's like every other word that comes out of his mouth is, solo, solo, solo. (laughs) And Lillian reminds him of the rule, you know, first of all, you know, you only get new clothes at the beginning of the school year. Like, that's how it works. I usually seem to get clothes around Christmas time, and I don't know if really for my birthday so much. But definitely before school started, I would get I, I don't know why, but I just, I thought it was fun. I get a new backpack, get some new clothes, get some new school supplies. It was awesome. <laughs> and she was like, second, a silk shirt? I thought she was going to say something like, oh, it's too expensive. And she says, which one of the pips are you replacing? Like, Gladys Knight and the pips? Like, oh my gosh. And Bill says, hold on a minute, Lillian. You know, this is his first time, you know, his first solo playing in front of real people for the first time. You know, people that don't have to clap. (laughs) Because they're not going to be related to the kids at all. And Bill's saying, you know, he's got to look sharp. I will take you shirt shopping, Dean. You know, it's a big deal. It's his first solo. Like, yeah, you want to look good. You want to look really good. You're going to stand out. You're going to... Yeah, he's first chair, after all. Bill says, I might even pick up a shirt or two. And I'm just thinking of the time that it's the road trip episode from season four with Kevin and Jack, where Norma sends them off on an adventure to find a a suit. Like, you buy a suit, you get two pairs of pants for free or something to, to that effect. She's like, oh, you can go with Kevin. And I'm thinking... Why don't you just take his measurements and get the suit? And I mean, you go—that's your thing. But you like, no, this is something a father and son should do. But I'm thinking, Dean, you know, Bill is like, "Ah, take him. I got this. The father-son thing." And Bill says, "Just in case I end up taking this to her." And Dean's like, "Yeah, thanks, Dad. I want to look as cool as you." <laughs> I love how Dean just looks up to his dad. It's so cool. Oh, Kim! Gotta get her her razors in one way. She's like, still gonna wear the glasses, though. Like, eh, I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> and Dean says, you're just jealous because a saxophone is way cooler than a cello. And Lily says, the cello is not stupid. Kim, there's nothing wrong with your brother's glasses, okay? So that's the thing with them. it's like, you really, I don't think you had much options in the way of what you wanted for glasses. <laughs> Didn't the girls, they had the, like those cat's eye glasses, and I'm just like, I don't really, this <laughs> I mean, I've, I saw like, my parents' yearbooks, they went to the same school. Um, and how many of those ladies were wearing, like, probably cat's-eye glasses and, you know, the basic black glasses? I, uh, I love, I kind of wonder when they started coming out with different styles and stuff like that, because, honestly, picking out glasses is a very big deal. You can't just pick it out willy-nilly. You gotta look, you're like, hey, this... Yeah, isn't what's that saying? Glasses kind of make the face? Well, Maybe me a smooth. You know, it's it's like you're taking on a whole new identity with your set of glasses. It's just a big, big, big deal. Like I said, you can't do it willy-nilly. It takes time. You probably want to get some, you know, bring a person along. Say, hey, I'm trying out some glasses. What do you think? That kind of thing. I knew when I was going in for my, how many, if I had now. One, two uh, this would be my fourth pair and I plan to keep these forever. Or until maybe one day I would have to move up to bifocals. <laughs> I don't I don't want to even think about that. <laughs> I really really don't want to think about the day that I have to get bifocals. Let's hope that I don't. I just mm. no coke bottle glasses for me. And Kim says, I only play the cello because dad wouldn't let me play the saxophone when I was your age. I'm like, why not? And according to Bill, he told Kim, that's how girls get pregnant. What? 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 What What is this? What is this nonsense? I want to know more about this. What? And just looks at Bill who just cuts into his, I don't know whether he's eating, they're eating steak or meatloaf or Salisbury steak or whatever. But he's just, he's like, <sighs> Mom,
4: since the fair is coming up and I have a solo in the concert. <laughs> when school
5: lets out early, I'm going with Cassandra and Corinella. But
4: don't you have a paper? So- <clears throat> <clears throat> oh,
5: j- forgive us, Dean. Please continue bragging about your solo. I was hoping that maybe I could get a new shirt for the concert. Maybe a silk one. I wanna look cool. First of all, you know you only get clothes at the beginning of the school year. Second, a silk shirt. Which one of the pips are you replacing? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Maybe the boy has
3: a point, Lil. This is their first time playing in front of real people who don't have to clap. Plus, he's got a solo. Boy's got a look sharp. I think I'll take a shirt shopping myself. How about that? I might even pick up one or two shirts just in case I end up taking this tour.
4: Thanks, Dad. I wanna look as cool as you still gonna wear the glasses though you're just jealous because the saxophone
5: is way cooler than a stupid cello the cello is not stupid and Kim there's nothing wrong with your brother's glasses
3: that's right cut it out you two
5: yes sir yeah. sir and I only play the cello because dad wouldn't let me play the saxophone when I was your age he said that's how girls get pregnant
1: <laughs> and that was basically the cold open <laughs> I'm excited to get to the fair I want to get to the state fair. I actually went to the Texas State Fair. Jeremy and I did for the first time in September. Was it September, or October? Anyway, it was really it was cool. We got to try different fried foods, and we got we rode on this one ride that I don't even know what it's called, but you can like see like for miles and miles and miles around, and it just windows like all the way around. It's kind of like. It was kind of like Reunion Tower, but it was like one of those things that just you know, like rises and then rotates with the windows all. And I think it, I, w- I was actually kind of freaking out a little bit, just hit hey, my eyes closed. I think it's because there wasn't a lot of space between the window and the chair I'm sitting in. So that sensation of feeling like you could easily tumble out and fall to your death just freaked. It... I it really really freaked me out. At least with Reunion Tower, there's enough space between the window and the wall that you can walk around, and it's not like like mere like what the. It felt like it was like the window was like three feet from the chair I'm sitting in, and it uh, it just it was really nerve wracking. Other than that, it was cool. I mean, the only other fairs I know of is, um, the Kent County Youth Fair, when I grew up in Lowell. I went to that every summer, and I think it was, like, the first or second week in August, because it was, like, close to, you know, summer was ending, my birthday was coming up, school was gonna start, and, you know, my- and. My cousins always participated in 4-H and my sister also did, so I kind of like, eh, I, I, I wish I could have done 4-H, you know, raised a pig and whatnot, but I don't know, they didn't think I could handle it, my, so yeah. Alright, let's, let's get to finding out uh, Dean's debacle here when it comes to the saxophone. Verily he's not the only person in band that plays the saxophone. So Dean and Corey, yeah, although Dean's narrating that music was his only way to be cool because he really wasn't cool in any other way, Dean and Corey are huddled around a phone, so I don't know if they're at Corey's place or Dean's place. Uh, It might be Dean's room because you see like a bathroom off to the side there, and I'm thinking, are they prank calling like, hey, is your refrigerator running? You better go catch it or hey is Prince Albert. What's that joke about Prince Albert in a can? You better better let him out. What if I've never gotten that joke? I've never understood that joke. What are, I mean, what are some other crank calls? I, I, I know well about, hey, if, you, if your refrigerator running, well, you better go catch it. There's, I'm sure there are others. They're not calling a pizza place and placing an order to someone else's house, are they? Do they do that in 69? It probably would be harder to track back then because you didn't have, uh. You didn't have, um. What's the word I'm looking for? Call her a Dean. Stuff like that. What in the world? Dean's in a D voice. please speak to John? And Kisa, He's calling Kisa! Oh gosh. And she says, There's no John here. And you hear Corey snickering in the background. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys. Do, does he, I, you can't really see, it's dark in the room. I can't see, do they have like a, a cloth over the mouthpiece of the phone? Oh, my, oh <laughs> I get it. Because Dean's like, then do you pee outside? Oh, a john like a bathroom. So is that the joke that he, he told me only got like that last half of that joke at, when he was talking to the lads and ladies kids? What do you, you- the end part, we got the- then do you pee outside? That's- that joke he was telling them that they cracked up about. Oh my gosh. Is she gonna figure- Dean, is this you? Dean, I told you I'm not talking to you right now. You got it! <laughs> she's like, Dean? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, she knew it was- him. like, yeah, you- like, she's probably heard that joke before. Like, way to go, maestro you come up with a joke and tell it something that she probably hasn't heard you say before. Nice try. I love her. He's like, who's Dean? And she says, I know it's you. Like, Come on, Dean. She knows. And she tells him, you use the same voice when you imitate Mr. Roberts in art class you're going to do funny voices, you need to make sure they don't all sound the same. And Kisa says, remember I taught it to you? Because my voice is deeper than yours. And Dean in his regular voice. No, it's not. I mean, uh, who's Dean? Like, dude. Oh, God. And he hangs up the phone. Like, Man, you are not good at crank calls. Cory's just laughing at him. <laughs> Man, I told you that joke was no good. Not to mention I'm sure Keith has heard it before from you. And Dean's like, yeah, I knew it was kind of a thinker. Really? Is John there? Then how do you pee out do you pee outside? Or why don't you just say, Well, how do you go to the bathroom? Well see that doesn't make sense. Because you're asking John is as the person's name. I don't know. Are they going through a list of names of girls from their class or school? Because Dean's like, who's next? And (laughs) Corey's like, uh, Renita. It's like they're going down a list of girls. Like, you're tying up the phone line. What if someone needs to make a call or is expecting a call and you only got one phone line? Yeah. So Corey takes on it. It says in subtitles, forced accent. I, I don't know what accent he's doing. He's like, hey, "Hello, can you tell me what kind of tree fits in the palm of your hand?" Oh, oh, did I get it? Did I get it? <laughs> oh, I think I got palm tree. Yes. Oh my gosh. So the girls like, it's <laughs> this Corey. Good. Yeah, the girls got. Oh, they got you guys. Good. They got you guys. They know it's you. <laughs> Corey, I swear, is so smooth. She's like, oh, you're so funny, Corey. And I love how Corey's like leaning his head back, like, yeah, you know, I'm just here, hanging out with Dean, making crane calls, you know, the use. <laughs> The Girl has no idea who Dean is. Like, she's like, who? He's like, yeah, you know, Dean Williams, the guy with the fro and the the glasses. She's like, never heard of him. The girl's like, in seventh grade, and Corey's like, yeah, he's in our grade. And <laughs> told Dean's like, dang. <laughs>
0: Music was my only chance to be cool because, let's be honest, I wasn't cool in any other way.
4: Hello. May I speak to John? There's no John here. And do you pee outside? <laughs> Dean? Uh, who's Dean? I know it's you. You use the same voice when we imitate Mr. Roberts in art class. Remember? I taught it to you? Because my voice is deeper than yours? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I mean, who's Dean? Oh you told you that that.
0: that joke was no good.
4: Yeah, it was kind of a thinker. (laughs) Who's next?
0: Uh Renita. She's cute.
4: Yeah. Hello. Can you tell me what kind of tree fits in your (laughs) hand? This is Corey. You're so funny. Yeah, you know just making these prank calls with Dean. Who?
1: You
0: know (laughs) Dean Williams. You got that big old afro when you wear the glasses? In 7th grade? Yes, he's in our grade. Dang. But thankfully, there was some place where I was the man.
1: Okay, so at least Dean says there's one place he can go where he feels like the man, which is the school band room, because he is a saxophonist. Is that how you say it? The saxophonist? Right. Okay. So um, actually, my youngest niece, um, she played the saxophone in high school, which is really cool. I never got to hear her play, but... Yeah. I could have sworn my sister may have been in band. Maybe. Oh, she was also... My sister was a cheerleader. She might have even been... She might have even played basketball. I'm not sure. Um, but... Yeah. I... I... I know I mentioned before in the past on the podcast that I have wanted to... In band, but I remember in fifth grade, before going into junior high or the following year, we got to try out some instruments. And I guess either like I was blowing into because they had taken like the mouthpiece off just for me to practice. And I was like, I must have been blowing into it too hard or not enough because I didn't get to be in band. Apparently, they didn't think I was good enough. I don't know. I, I feel bad. I I see. There's another thing that I wanted to do. As a kid that I didn't get to, Dean says the band room is survival of the fittest. And he's really comparing it to the African savannah, 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 savannah. Okay, <laughs> what's I trying? Savannah, savannah. He says everyone is gunning for the alpha male, the top dog, lead spot, first chair. Oh yeah. So and that doesn't mean that. You know, just because you have first chair doesn't mean you're going to stay there. Somebody else could outperform you, and they could land in the first chair. Gosh, it makes me think of that game Musical Chairs. Whew. It gets brutal at the end. That last remaining chair, who's it going to be? We see a lion, not unlike Simba. Well, I mean, if this were animated lion. <laughs> um, re-roar. Actually, he's young. This is a young-looking lion. He's not full, big... He's like teens, pre-teens, he's like teenage Simba. That shot that we get before Simba reaches adulthood. And he roars, and then you see this smatter, scattering of birds from this bear tree. And Dean is so confident, like, no one would dare challenge me. And then he says, uh, until today. There's a young white boy, raises his hand, looks kind of quiet. You know, kind of like, uh. You know, with, with the glasses and all that. But he's, you know, the quiet ones with the the slow-burning confidence in them. I gotta ask, does this kid sound like this in real life? Or is he trying to take on that nerdish accent? Like, hi, I'd like to challenge Dean to first chance. That nasally voice. Is that like the kid is... Is that, that that boy's young, like, real voice, or is that just a nasally accent? He's like, you know, the nerds, back then they had that nasally voice, you know, that kind of thing. And no, I've never seen Revenge of the Nerds, even though Jeremy has all two movies or three movies or however many movies are in that series. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see them. Have no interest in seeing Revenge of the Nerds. Or Revenge of the Nerds Part 3 or 2. Dean is just thinking, oh, this white boy cannot be serious. Where does this kid come from all of a sudden? Was he just somewhere in the background? And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm getting my confidence up. I'm gonna get that first chair. I'm gonna take it from you, Dean. <laughs> and the teacher, like, sure, Craig. That is your right as second chair. Okay, so he is second chair. Gotcha. Okay. And he tells... Craig here that you know we do need Dean one week to prepare and Dean's like yeah oh, no I'm good I don't need to do that I'm I'm confident in my skills here that I can I don't have a problem <laughs> Dean a week to prepare for the challenge what is this a saxophone face off type of thing the best sax player win Dean's like, no, I I don't need it. I'm ready now. I mean, unless Craig needs the time. And, no, Craig does not need the time. Because Craig is, wow, like, where did this boy come from? You know, if I I ever would have dated a musician, I would have chose either a pianist, a piano player, or a violinist. I don't know why, but that just, uh, especially violin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Craig gets up there and he performs and all the kids clap for him. Even the, the teacher's just like, wow. It's like, kid, you, where have you been hiding? It's like he's been afraid to show off his talent. And the thing is just seeing Dean like performing in front of the mirror isn't that what the scale sing? Like when the Saints go marching or whatever he was playing. We didn't get to see the magnitude of Dean's playing like just how good he is like maybe his confidence is kind of making up for more than just how good I I don't know I don't know because that really him playing in front of the mirror was the only (laughs) bit of sacks we saw him playing. And maybe Craig was a little shy, like, oh, I don't know, I'm not confident, Dean here seems very confident, and maybe he's a little shy, like, I don't know if I want to break out here, but, and, he probably, hey, look, thinking to himself, look, State Fair's coming up, we're all going, I really could use this beat in first chair, so, he just blew everyone away, oh my gosh, you're amazing, guess what, you get first chair, Craig, congrats! Dean! go over to second chair. <laughs> yeah, and even Cory's looking at, uh, uh, yeah, Cory is you know, applauding, Kisa's applauding, and, and Dean probably feels stabbed in the back, like, my best friends. She's <sighs> not like, you're supposed to support me! He didn't even gives Cory a look like, really. You're supposed to support me. It's Like, hey, we can't help it if he's better than you! <laughs> I-, I don't know. Like, hey, they see talent there. They want to encourage. Yeah, they usually like, well, we got a new first chair. All right, here you go. <laughs> Where have you been hiding, Craig? <laughs> I bet anything, if they weren't playing at the state fair, Craig would have been fine just hanging out in second chair. <laughs> he would have been fine. Well, I guess we don't have to go shopping for that silk shirt, do we? Or do we? I don't know. And Dean says, no matter how much it felt, you know, embarrassed, basically, to be dethroned from First Chair in public in front of his peers, it's going to be no, it's going to be a lot worse. Dress shop, or dress shop, shirt shopping, shirt shopping. Dad, he's going to have to, oh, by the way, uh, I got kicked out of First Chair, someone else took it for me, apparently, they're better, maybe, I
0: don't know. (laughs) Thankfully, there was some place where I was the man. People talk about the dog-eat-dog world of school sports, but let me tell you, the band room is survival of the fittest. Just like on the African Savannah, everyone is gunning for the alpha male, the top dog, the first (laughs) chair. But no one would dare challenge me. (coughs) That was until today.
6: What is it, Craig? Craig. Um, I'd like to challenge Dean for first chair. Oh,
0: this white boy can't be serious.
6: (laughs) Sure, Craig, that is your right as second chair. But, of course, we need to offer Dean one week to prepare for the challenge. Dean?
4: Oh, no, I don't need it. I'm ready now. (laughs) Unless, of course, Craig needs the time. Where have
1: you been hiding all this time, Craig? Second chair?
0: Craig did not need more time.
6: Ow! (laughs) Fantastic, Craig. Looks like we have a new first chair.
2: I mean, come
0: on, man. All right, let's take it from the top. As bad as it was to be dethroned in such a public way, it was going to be much worse going shirt shopping with my dad and breaking the
2: news to him.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that this is going to go over so well, (laughs) breaking the news. Bill, especially with Bill's aversion to, you know, you know, uh, yeah, when Dean's going to say, yeah, yeah, uh, this white boy that was in second chair took my place because apparently the band teacher thought he was better. So I love how Bill is showing Dean the different types of shirts, like one is, for more for like when you're performing on a big stage this one is more like if you're performing on you know at a small venue and this one here see how it shimmers this is great for catching the light so yeah i mean he he knows about you know the type of shirts he wants to wear when he's performing and what looks good on stage and appealing to the eye and the audience oh yeah dean is trying to say like all right Enough stalling, Dean. Let's go. It's like he's trying to, like, psych himself up. It's like, Dad, today in band. And, of course, Bill's like, oh, over here. Now, these are show shirts. Can you imagine me touring? Oh, you see, like, Mobile, Tuscaloosa. And then some other city in Alabama. So, Dean again tries, like, Dad, you know how I said I was first chair in band? Uh, well, turns out this kid. And then Bill again cuts Dean off and says hey this shirt here this is the one. This one screams Dean. And I can't really see it because of the lighting because I'm watching this on my laptop. But <clears throat> he goes Bill takes it over says this is what we're getting for my son. He's gonna perform his first solo at the state fair. And so this is gonna be the clerk lady okay that was in the uh, the cast listing for this episode. Okay. And she tells Dean oh that sounds exciting good luck and Bill's like imagine the lights shining down on you while you're performing and Dean's like ah, I'm second chair he just blurts it out which at this point you're gonna have to because your dad is not listening and Bill looks at him surprised and Dean says I lost first chair Bill is having a hard time understanding like, I don't understand what are you saying and Dean says well this guy Craig came along and he just proved to be better played so much better than me. That kid's probably been practicing since he was in the womb. His mom or dad probably played saxophone jazz music while she was pregnant with Craig. And that's how music just wound up in his bloodstream. So, yeah, it's just Craig did a better job than me. And Bill said, Craig, that sounds... ending Dean says, yeah, he's white. Bill puts a hand on Dean's shoulder, it's like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I got you covered. What does that mean? What does that mean, Bill? What do you mean? Basically, Bill's going to put together a practice schedule for Dean, so that way he'll be up for the challenge. I mean, I don't know how far, how long do they have until the state fair? I mean, once the programs have been printed, it'll be too late to change, you know, seating. If Dean ends up blowing, you know, Craig out of the water this time. Like, oh, well, I'll do first chair. like, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. So, yeah, he pretty much is going to help Dean get his spot back. Like, I'm going to help you get back into first chair. So, Bill says, yeah, we won't be taking this shirt. And Dean looks at him and (laughs) Bill says, hey, this is a solo shirt. This is a first solo shirt. This isn't the cat sitting next to the cat with the solo shirt will come back for it once you get back to first chair. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be taking these. Here, Dean, put that back. Put these back. You're not getting so. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought Dean was gonna. Nope. <laughs> he's he's in second chair, so no, he gets nothing. It was to be
0: dethroned in such a public way. It was going to be much worse going shirt shopping with my dad and breaking the news to him. The ultimate musical. Album. Something like this is when you're performing
3: on stage and this is more subtle for like a smaller venue
0: ah but this see how it shimmers it's great for catching the light enough stalling dean it's time to face the music pun intended
4: uh dad today in baby.
0: not easy show shirts
4: <laughs>
0: you
3: can see me touring in birmingham tuscaloosa and mobile in this right uh definitely <laughs>
4: um so you know how i was first here
3: mm-hmm ruffles and sequins no good musician would ever wear either these
0: and that's how 20 years of music passed right over my dad mm,
4: so something crazy happened in band today this band. is it it screams Dean.
0: yep
3: perfect <laughs> getting this for my son to perform a sax solo at the state fair
5: oh well that sounds exciting good luck
3: imagine the light shining down on you playing your solo
4: I'm second chair I lost first share.
3: I don't understand. What are you saying?
4: Well, Craig challenged me for first share, and he just played so well. It was surprising.
3: Craig? Sounds. Is he? White?
4: Yeah. Go figure.
3: You know what? It's okay. I got you covered. I'll put together a practice schedule and we'll make sure you're able to challenge to get your chair back in time for the concert. (laughs) We won't be taking this. What? This is a solo shirt. Not a cat sitting next to the cat with a solo shirt. In the meantime, I'll be taking these. of course. You can put this back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Dean's in his room practicing and Bill kind of goes back and forth in the hallway, and, and they're just checking up on Dean, and Bill says, "You're something's going on, it doesn't sound right, and Dean says, well, I've been hitting the notes perfectly, like, you, you know, I'm hitting the notes. And, so, Bill takes the sax from Dean, and he starts playing it, and of course, Lillian pops her head in, like, oh, I thought I recognized that sound. And Bill just sucks so much better on this. Well, because Dean's a big... Begin- beginner and it's not, like Dean isn't singing with passion. He is singing well not singing. He is not playing with passion for, for the, you know music like, like Bill has a passion for it. It just like, I get that Dean wants to be like his dad but it's just like the drive for it isn't there. It just seems like He's not putting his heart heart into it, I, I I guess. And In a way, it's more like, I gotta earn the back of this chair, or my dad will continue to be disappointed in me, and this and that. And it just, that's, he's more about hitting the notes and playing them, but there's not, you know, power behind it. It's not just... I mean, if anyone wanted to learn an instrument, they could learn it, but it's the amount of power and that you put into it and just emotion that you put if you want to be really good and you want people to enjoy what you're playing and stuff like that. You got to have that passion in there. I mean, I've never played, like I said, I've never played an instrument in my life, Um. But it just doesn't seem like, it's more like, I gotta do this for my dad because I want to be like him. But if you're just, like, getting by or coasting, like, oh, I'm doing good. No one's gonna come up on my tail. I haven't been challenged yet, so I can just play. And especially if you're playing in a band with other instruments, you're probably going to be overshadowed, Like I'm playing, I'm playing as, the notes as I'm reading them and stuff. And it's like anybody could play the notes. You gotta, it's what you put behind it into that instrument and what you're, you're giving of yourself is what you're putting out there for people to hear. And granted, yes, this is just a school band, but I don't know. I mean, for Bill it's like you live eat and breathe music basically for Dean I just think he's he's not doing this because he wants to. it's like because he he, he do, I, it just feels like he's doing it for the wrong reasons like doing it because you want to be like your dad but if you don't have an overall real if that is your only reason for doing it because you want to be like you know your dad your older brother your, your cut co- whoever. I want to play just like them. You're not doing it for the right reasons, and therefore, you, I think your music is gonna suffer. It's like you're doing it to like prove a point, or like I want to impress you, or I want your respect, or, or whatever. It's like those aren't the right reasons to take. I mean, and just because your family is musical, it's because you're made to play an instrument. You're, uh, yeah. And Lillian asks Bill, like, how long are you going to be on this tour again? And, of course, it looks like Bill's going to have to have a conversation with Lillian that he doesn't want to really have. Like, Ugh. Um, He tells Dean, here, keep practicing until it sounds like how I just played.
0: Whenever i saw my dad's shadow outside my bedroom door i knew i needed to play perfectly if i made a mistake he'd come inside and that meant another hour of practice without a break it was like black groundhog's day Now i know you can play better than then. what do you
1: mean
3: <laughs> hit every note you sounded like you were sitting wrong
1: sitting wrong yeah let me see i <sighs> <laughs> maybe the fact that he is sitting
0: if Jesus came back as a
5: saxophone. I thought I recognized that sound. How long are you gonna be away on this tour again?
3: Keep practicing till it sounds like that.
1: Dean it just yeah the, yeah even again he's saying I'm hitting all the notes and I'm like anybody can hit the notes it's what you're putting behind it and into the instrument that's coming out that you, you can tell it's like you're just playing just because it's required of you so Dean goes in and sees Kim talking on the phone she's like get out of my room and he's like, I don't understand. Why do you get to relax while I get to keep just constantly, re- you know, playing and playing and playing? Why do I have to? It's like, see? That's the thing. Dean does not have the drive for this. He's taking this is more of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm trying to think. It's something where you... Uh, obligated. Yes. It feels like an obligation. He doesn't have... I mean, we don't know anything about Craig as far as whether he lives, eats, breathes music. And he's been you know, doing this all the you know, and, and probably, he maybe he does. He, he puts his all into it because he wants to be that good. He wants to, he finally came out of the shadows and it's like, I want this. I've been in the shadows too long. I want my piece of the pie. I want... That first chair. And he probably worked his butt off so he could get that opportunity. And it's one thing to be sure of yourself. It's another thing to be cocky. And it's another thing to basically be kind of semi-lying-out-your-ass, basically. Um... (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to Dean, it's just he is so... He does seem overly uh, there is such a thing as being overly confident to the point where you're almost smug bordering on cocky it's like you are so sure you are that good that no one else can come up from behind you and be better than you and maybe that is what Dean has been doing like hey no one's challenged me so far so I'm, I'm good just because I can play this thing and Dean, it's just, to Kim, it's like, it's not fair. Why? I have to practice all the time and you get to relax. And Kim says, she's like, give me a sec. You want to know, why do you think I play the cello? Because dad can't play anything with a but. Oh! Exactly. Because Bill can play the saxophone. Dean is going to be judge on on his talent. It's like, it's almost like he, it's, Bill has set a bar so high that Dean wouldn't even be able to touch it with the tips of his fingertips if he jumped as high as he could. Because it's just that, that level of he is so good that no matter how much Dean practices, he's never going to reach the amount of what his dad has become. And it almost, it's, you could even say it's like fighting a losing battle. Like, you could practice forever and still. And it, I think it is. It is a lack of drive. It is a lack of want and desire. And it is more uh, responsibility or an obligation because he is musical. He expects his kids to also be musical in that same, you know, in in that talent in some form, and the fact that Dean picked that says, yes, I want to be just like Dad. But yeah, it just that's why. I mean, it's like, yeah, try something that your Dad can't play, or like like Kim said, like I don't. I'm not challenged by him because he doesn't know how to play this. I mean, this is a far stretch of me saying the I don't play video games, but Jeremy does. The one game that he hadn't played and beaten, and I'm like, I'm and I'm not saying I'm in a competition with my husband, but. I played this game all day. The only game I ever really played to completion. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to beat this game because he has... I mean, I'm sure he could if he wanted to. But I. it's almost like I wanted to have something that I could say, like, that I did. That I mean, I'm not saying I'm necessarily better, but I wanted to have something that I did that he... I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I got You guys probably get it. You know, it's not, you yeah, trying to be in competition with our spouses or anything like that. I mean, Jeremy always prides me on the fact that I, you know, podcast and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you host a podcast, I mean, he says, I couldn't do that. And I just think like, there's no reason why you couldn't. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's just to me that Jeremy just seems like he, he, and he is good at so many things that sometimes maybe I do feel like I want to do something that he necessarily isn't strong at to feel, I don't know, I don't know. All right, let's get back to the episode. I don't know why I'm rambling. I thought it was just trying to compare, you know, Dean and his dad and, you know, his dad's love for music and putting his all into it and Dean feeling it's more of an obligation and responsibility to his family being musical and stuff and he, he just sees it as like you just gotta be honest, man. If this is not what you want don't what the hell was that what was that? What was that noise? That was creepy. Glenn? Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> she, she's laying in the bedroom and she's on her laying at, looking at me like but, what? You needs to be honest as hard as this. Like, man, if you don't want this, tell him. Pick another instrument. If he's not gonna put his if he's just gonna go like I'm doing as much as I have to do, and that's enough then what is even the point? I'm not saying everyone that plays an instrument has to be the best of the best. I'm saying maybe he's doing this for all the wrong reasons. Like Kim even said, you're the dummy that wanted to be like him, so now you're paying the price. Kim goes back to the phone and the girl was nothing. I thought I heard a dog outside. Oh, oh my god!
4: relax and do whatever you want while I have to sit and practice all night. It's not fair. Hold on a second. Why do you think I really play the cello?
5: Because dad can't play anything with a bow. You're the dummy that wanted to be like him, and now you're paying the price. Girl,
1: there's nothing. How about I had a dog outside? Let's get back to school and see if Dean's going to challenge. Like, hey, I want to challenge to get first chair back. And I'm going to... i Let's see how this works. I, I'm really curious to see how this is going to go down. Oh, d- yeah. After practicing the quote-unquote entire night, Dean feels confident that he can earn his first chair back. Dean and... Craig are sitting in their respective chairs and they both kind of nod at each other like hey hey yeah he wants to get back to his respective place of as first chair I don't know how long he's been in first chair but Dean raises his hand my guess is I mean is the music teacher gonna like oh yeah sure I mean if you want to or is he gonna say Dean we really don't have time for this the state fair is like a week away we really need to focus here Dean's so confident, he says, Craig won't know what hit him, basically. Me!
7: What?
1: What? What? Okay, what is this nonsense? What is this? Yeah, you think that he's like, okay, what is it? Dean? (laughs) No, Teddy. Teddy? Who's Teddy? This boy who comes out of nowhere on Dean's other side is. I want to challenge Dean for second chair. This this kid does not have the nasally nerdish voice. He's like, I want to challenge Dean for second chair. What the heck? What? Oh my gosh! I uh, what? I can't even right now. Uh, my head is just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! See, that's what I like about this show. This is just. The surprises keep, they keep, they keep hitting you. They come out of nowhere and they're just like, oh, you think you were surprised? Oh, just wait. Just wait. Oh, just wait. Oh, you think we're done? We're not done. (laughs) Even Dean is like, what the, what? Who? Huh? (laughs) Like, someone pinch me, please. Is this a dream? Because I can't even with this right now. (laughs) Dean's like, oh, there's blood in the water and everyone in the savannah knew it. And here we see this lion backing away. Who's playing off key? Is it Teddy? It's Dean playing off key. Maybe you need more than a knight, man. He thinks oh, he's gonna get knocked down. He's gonna be bumped to third. Like Gosh, that makes me think of when I would play that road rage game, and I'd be going so well, and all of a sudden boom, you hit like a rock or something, you fly off your your bike and then it's like all of a sudden boom, 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 all these other motorcycles are passing you and you you look down and it says 17th place like, what? And you're like, you know what no, forget it, I'll come in my 16th place then this It's crazy. (laughs) Kisa looks at Dean and she's like, man, I don't know. You, what? You you weren't, she's really like, how are you in first chair? How are you, how did you get there? What, because he wasn't challenged by Teddy and Craig? Look, oh man, the look that Teddy gives Dean is like, I'm gonna wipe the floor with you, man. I am gonna take your second chair like that. Easy peasy. Yeah, he's back to, th- he, he's now in third chair. Dean, what? If he hadn't set, well, no, Teddy was the one that said. Sets- oh. I don't understand. They came out of the woodwork here. Is someone else going to raise their hands and say, I want to challenge Dean for third cha-? Really? I, I mean, if that happens, it's just like, oh my gosh. What? I hope that doesn't happen. They're going to move him so far down, he's not even going to be in band anymore. He's going to be, like, out the door. In the hall. Corey plays saxophone, too? How did I not see this? Because now he's raising his hand. Oh, my. And even uh, Dean looks clearly. Like, oh, really? You too, Dean? Uh, Corey? Oh, God. I mean, I was just kidding with a third uh, person wanting to. Like, uh, challenge Dean. I was just joking! I didn't think that could- Oh my gosh. And Dean says, in hindsight, Corey would have been a fool not to do it. It's like, if Dean is not good, then- Because he he said he practiced a whole night. Well, a whole night can't- Your dad's been practicing since before you were born, man. So, um, I don't know what to tell you. They're gonna knock him so far back, he's gonna be, like, out in the hallway. He's not even going to be in band anymore. He's going to be in the hallway.
0: For what felt like the entire night, I was finally ready to return to my rightful place as first chair. Craig <laughs> won't know what hit him. What is it, Teddy? I'd like to challenge
4: Dean for second chair, please. What
0: the? <laughs> Uh-oh. There was blood in the water, and everybody in the savannah knew it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, even she's a like, oh, team
0: Hey, too, Corey. I couldn't believe it at the time, but in hindsight, you'd have been a fool not to do it.
1: Fourth chair, guys. Fourth. He's been bumped. The fourth chair, when only that day, mere, probably half an hour ago, he was in second chair. Why, you know why they're coming out of the woodwork, don't you? Because it's the state fair. And as you know, you're going to be on stage with a bunch of people watching you. Uh, you're like, well, hey, this is going to be my moment to shut. I got to get into first, second, third chair, right? And, I mean, even Dean doesn't, he's not mad at Corey for even trying. He's like, well, I mean, if I were in his position, I probably, I'd probably i would be a fool not to try, right? So, yep. See, honestly, Dean you can see this as a learning experience for, like, if you want something bad enough. You gotta work your butt off. One day, a night. He's taking a Stephanie Tanner. Um, what's the that episode that I covered? Um, we got the beat. He's taking that approach, is Well, I played all night, or we practice all day, kind of approach to it. Like, and I think he was coasting on the fact that no one had challenged him so that way just him playing the notes or hitting the notes was enough but then you got you know the state fair coming up it's like these people like no i got to i'm going to be on stage i want my family's going to be there i i just i i wanted yeah i want to showcase my talent and clearly this guy isn't even barely trying he's coasting by on just mere the fact that he can blow into an instrument and just hit the notes as they're, you know, on the, the music page or whatever. So it was, you know, easy peasy. Like, hey, this guy's not trying. He doesn't deserve to have first chair. He's barely, he's just coasting. Uh, and Dean thought to himself, band room Dean was so humiliated that gym class Dean felt sorry for him. Like, oh! Here comes Brad. Wow, Dean, you really choked. It wasn't a matter of him choking. Well, not at first. Not at first. But I think the fact that we got two other people coming up right behind Dean, like, hey, can I sh- give it a shot? Can I challenge Dean? He said two people plus his best friend challenge him, and they all, like, all right, Dean, get up, move over. Dean, get up, move over. Get over. Thank you. Fred's safe. He's completely safe. He says, Luckily, I'm the only trombone player in the band, so no challenges. (laughs) Ah, four saxophone players. Is this Jesse's Katsopoulos' band? (laughs) Remember? Oh my, he had so many people in his band playing the saxophone, the guitar. Oh my goodness. So Kisa comes up and she's, Hey Dean, are you okay? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he said something like, "Oh, you're talking to me now." I thought so. Have we dropped this whole Charlene and Kisa are besties because they're against Dean for how he was mean to Charlene? Oh my gosh, that rhymes. Um, or are we just gonna just completely ignore that fact from the last episode? Okay, they are. Gotcha. And Dean's like, uh, I guess. And, De- okay, so, yes, we are continuity, thank you. As Dean asks, uh, won't Charlene be mad, like, that you're talking to me? <laughs> yeah, won't she be mad that you're talking to me? And Charlene's, oh, uh, Charlene, Kisa says, oh, no, she's got a new boyfriend now. Okay, good for her. Let someone else be her lap dog. I'm sorry, but it's just the way she was stringing De-ing along with all these rules. Real- Is she dating Hampton? I mean, Hamilton? What's his name again? <laughs> I gotta look it up. Oh, God. I feel so st- <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I feel like such a goofus. All right, let's see. Let's find that kid's name. Hampton! Yes. Okay, I had it right the first time. Thank you. Yeah, like, she has a new boyfriend, so she Clearly. Okay, so I figured this is going to be an end now that we're going to try to get Dean and Kisa together after 12 Well, the Valentine dance is the 13th episode, so we'll see. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dean's like, oh, glad she doesn't still hate me. And Kisa's like, oh, no, no, no. Make no mind of that. She still hates you. In fact, that's what her new boyfriend and her bonded over. Oh, who's her? Is her new boyfriend Craig? Is her new boyfriend Craig? <laughs> who's her new boyfriend? I want to see the, I want to see this guy. Who's this dude? Who hates Dean? What? I'm. I don't, I'm curious. Like, come on, is it? Who, who is it? Who is it? Come on. Will he? Will we tell us? Will he tell us? I want to know. And, and Dean's, like, he hates me, too. And Keith's, like, don't, don't overthink it. Like, you can, I honestly feel that it's one of those, like, oh, my gosh, my last boyfriend, Dean, he broke up with me. He broke my heart. I hate him. And I'm sure the other guy's, like, oh, I hate him, too. one of those types of kids that is, like, a total yes man, hype man, whatever you want to call it. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Absolutely not. Sure, sure, whatever you say, dear. That kind of, those kind of guys. So Akisa's like, hey, a bunch of us are going to ride to the fair on fair day. You want to come with? Dean could not get that yes out fast enough if someone took a pin and poked him in the butt with it. Yes! Yes! Oh my gosh, yes! Forever! A million times, yes! Dean's like, oh, I mean, now that you want to be my friend again, and she says, oh, you look so pitiful after you choked and banned. Oh, she's so she's feeling it's a it's a pity invite is what it is apparently okay oh yeah so she says you just look so pitiful after you choked and banned that I thought you could really use a friend ouch yeah and, and Dean's like yeah you're thinking even more she's right um the fact that she was Kisa was right it's just like that was even more pitiful like ugh. am I that pathetic. Apparently, did they have that wawa pedal back then? Because Dean says I could even, I'd even do the wawa or the trombone or something. If I
0: could. Up to fourth chair was the worst thing that ever happened to me in here. Band room Dean was so humiliated that gym class Dean felt sorry for him.
4: (laughs) Wow, you really choked. Luckily, I'm the only trombone player in the band. No challenges. (laughs)
1: Okay.
4: Hey, Dean. Are you okay? I, I guess, um, won't Shirlene be mad if she knows you're talking to me? No, she has a new boyfriend now, so she doesn't care anymore. i <sighs> glad she doesn't still hate me. Oh no, she still hates you. It's actually what she and her boyfriend bonded over. He hates me too? Don't overthink it. A bunch of us are gonna ride to the fair on fair day, so you wanna come? Yes, yes. Uh, since you really want to be my friend again, you mean because you just look
5: so pitiful after choking and band that I thought you could really use a friend? The fact Ouch. that she
0: was right made me feel even more pitiful. I would have played the wah wah right now if I thought I could do it without choking, and without choking, and if I played the trombone.
1: So Dean's laying on his bed, glaring and shaking his head at the saxophone at the end of his bed, and Bell calls Dean out like, "Hey boy, get out here. We got company." Like. Uh... I go out there and play nice like yeah the the dutiful son okay so yeah it's a couple of bill's bandmates are over and they're like hey why aren't we practicing at the studio and bill says look just because we're gonna be making more money doesn't mean we need to be spending more money so it's like we'll practice here we don't need to be in the studio do you know studio i mean that does cost money i don't necessarily know how much but i know i'm sure it's not cheap Bill's bandmate Washboard is showing Dean a, f- a, brochure for a new car. Like, hey, Dean, don't you think your daddy would look nice in one of these? And Bill's like, look, I don't need a new car, right? And he's and Washboard says, yeah. Well, it's fine for playing in town or whatever, but this is going on tour. You need a going on tour vehicle. Yeah, he says my car is fine, and Washboard says, well, not you know, it's fine for Montgomery, but not. Fine for going on tour. So, I think it's Watch for Is, or one of the other guys, um, is asking Dean, like, hey man, you gonna come with? You gonna watch us play? It's not gonna be the same without you coming along. And Dean's like, I can't. My dad's making me practice more. Oh, like to watch them, pra- okay. Uh, he's like, no, I can't. My dad's making me practice more. I lost first chair. Yeah, and he's been bumped up number four. And he tells Dean, Your your dad's right, you know, you won't get get good without practice. Yeah, one night does not include, that does not even, for practice, come on. (laughs) No, that doesn't count. Stay up all night writing and say, hey, I wrote a book, here we go, and one night it's done. Like, no, 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 no. If that were the case, we'd all be authors. Yeah, the guy's just saying, practice and more practice. And Dean's like, oh, yeah. Because he tells him, like, yeah, you know, that's what, Dean's like, was that how it was with you and piano? And he says, no nah, music just came easy to me. Sorry. And he tells Dean, like, hey, don't feel bad. Nothing wrong with second chair. And Dean's like, uh, fourth. Oh. Ouch. And I was like, what? And Dean says, yeah, today I got bumped to fourth chair and I haven't even told my dad yet. Ooh, at least I don't think he's going to take that as easy as getting bumped to second chair. I got bumped by two white kids and my best friend, <laughs> apparently. And I was like, oh, man. I'm going to miss you, Dean. But he also says, you know, your dad might surprise you. You know, tell him. Look at it. Bill's bandmate also tells Dean that... Your dad will respect you for being honest, and he's not all that scary. Like, uh, well, (laughs) um. That was Washboard that was giving advice to Dean, and Bill's like, Washboard, get down here now! And he's like, uh, coming! And Dean's thinking to himself, like, yeah, Washboard was right. It's time to talk to my dad about this, you know. As a musician, he should be able to understand this. I don't think he's gonna, I really don't think so.
0: then, grown folks always made kids come out and say hi to anybody that came over.
2: Why ain't we racing at a studio?
0: Put it against the tour money. Just because we're making more money
3: doesn't mean we need to spend more money. Mm-hmm. Dang.
2: don't you think your daddy would look good in one of these? The
3: washboard, I told you, the car I have drives fine.
2: <laughs> fine for Montgomery. Not going tour fine.
3: That's the same thing he tried to convince me about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fellas, time to practice.
2: Coming, little man? the same down there without you watching us gym. Uh, I can't.
4: My no. dad's making me no, practice no,
2: more. No, I, uh, no. lost first chair in band. Well, he's kind of right. You won't get good without practice, practice, and more practice. Is that how you got so good at the piano? Nah, music always came real easy to me. Just took to it. Sorry. But hey, don't feel bad. Nothing wrong with second chair. Fourth. What?
4: Yeah today i got bumped to fourth chair and i haven't told my dad yet
2: <sighs> damn i'm going to miss you Ding. sorry again but you know something your old man might just surprise you i bet he'll actually respect you for being honest about what happened and trust me on this your dad ain't all that scary watch boy get down here Ow. come in
0: washboard was right.
2: It was time for me to talk
0: to my father man to man. After all, musicians
1: understand these things. Oh, Bill doesn't get it. He's like, I do not understand. I've never known anyone to get fourth chair. Heck, you may as well just be playing for the parking lot. Yeah, I'm sure fourth chair is like one foot out in the hallway. He's practically in the hallway (laughs) of the band room. Outside of the band room. And Dean says, I wasn't expecting so many challenges. I just Choked and Bill says, I'm disappointed in you, Dean. Well, because Dean was going based on confident that no one was gonna challenge him, so I don't feel like he even really put as much effort into it as he should have. And Dean tells us, like, those were the words I dreaded the most. Honestly, I think as kids or even adults hearing our parents say, I am so disappointed in you. I honestly don't know any other words that hit as harshly as that. I'm sure there are others, but that is just, you know, you look up to your parents and stuff like that, and you actually care about their opinion. And just the idea that everything, you know, them saying that, it's just, it's, it's harsh. I think in times, of like, growing up, it's like you work so hard so that you never have to hear that from your parents. Dean says, I'd rather he just, you know, spank me. And Bill asks Dean, it's like, if you're choking in school, then how are you going to play in front of the, all those people in the fair? Is he <laughs> going to be playing? I'm sure, I mean, he's in the band. He's not not in the band, so I'm sure it'll be fine. He'll probably do that blending in technique. Like, um, I did with the, uh, the recorder concert that we did for the D.A.R.E. concert back in, uh, nineteen ninety three? Yeah, I was eleven, I was in fifth grade. Gosh. I remember that. It was crazy. Kids were acting up. Their music teacher was on the verge of tears. A couple other teachers had to come in and get the kids to all calm. I was not one of these kids. I swear I was not one of those kids. I was a quiet, shy child that hid in the background. Um, but they're all like, you're going to make your music teacher cry. You want to make her cry because the kids were not. They were acting up. They. It was, it was not good. And I couldn't play re- my recorder to save my life. So I pretty much did the finger movements while I was on... The the risers with the other kids. I can't believe has did anyone that did da- uh, the dare program back in the nineties during school. Did any of you have a dare concert? There was even someone who sang a solo. I think the girl like rode my bus, but um, yeah, I re- uh, that was a, like a big big deal. And there's also, like, you had a booklet, you had to sign a pledge, or sign your name at the end of the booklet. There's a police officer there at the end of the program, your videotapes, reading your promises to not do alcohol, drink alcohol, or smoke cigarettes, or do drugs, or any of that stuff. So, Bill's gonna tell Dean how it is. Like, tomorrow you come. I don't want to hear any more excuses. Tomorrow you come straight to my office after school. We are gonna study that piece by piece, note by note, until you have it 100% correct. And Dean says, but tomorrow's Fair Day. I'm supposed to meet my friends. Dean, just tell your dad you don't want to play the saxophone. You clearly don't. He spends more time complaining about playing, having to play it than actually playing it. If you think about it, and Bill tells him, "Well, you can forget about that, because the concert's the next day." And you think that riding a bunch of rides is more important than playing for a packed house? <sighs> he says, "Do you think riding a bunch of dumb rides is going to help you play a packed house?" It's like he's playing on a stage at the state fair. Not singing the national anthem at a baseball game. <laughs> Granted, I mean, in 60... I'm, I'm sure this is a very big... Level. I keep... He's saying safe here. I keep getting that... Uh, I think it's from the Rock the Cradle episode of Full House. It was the season four finale. Where... Jesse says he's going to play... He's going to be opening up for Aerosmith at a state fair. And Becky's like, you're opening up for Aerosmith? And she's like, well, I mean we're opening up a few days before Aerosmith gets there, but why nitpick? <laughs> and Lillian comes in and she, like, Bill? Like, what is what is this? Like, I think you... Yeah. So he just tells Dean to have his narrow behind in his office by four. I do
3: not understand. That has never happened to anyone I've ever known. Fourth chair? You might as well play for the parking lot.
4: I wasn't expecting so many challenges. I
0: choked. I'm disappointed in you, Dean. Those were the words I dreaded the most. I'd rather he just spanked me. If you're choking at school, how are you going
3: to play in front of all those people at the fair? I do not want to hear any more excuses. Tomorrow after school, you come straight to my office so we can go through this piece note by note.
4: But tomorrow's fair day. I'm supposed to meet my friend. Well,
3: you can forget about that. The concert's the next day. Is riding a bunch of dumb rides going to help you play a packed house? Yeah. All right. Just have it now behind my office
1: by four. I honestly think that these kids had a blast at this filming this fair on the show. I, I mean, it looks like so much fun. And isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and they're just kind of looking at the rides and like, whoa, like, yeah, that's a long line. I'm like that is a long line have you been to any amusement park michigan's adventures cedar point bush gardens how many hours did i stand in line with jeremy at cedar point to ride the top thrill drag? No, i did not ride it i'll tell you right 100 now i did not ride that ride i look i'm like i am not and i know jeremy likes to guilt me years later like by myself on that ride, you know, you could, I'm like, I was not going on that ride. That scared the crap out of me. No! I'm not doing it! <laughs> but, I get, I think, I'm trying to think when the heck, when was that? As before Jeremy and I got married, we were dating at the time, so maybe 04? Maybe 06? I I don't know. One of, anyway, because I swear I went twice to Cedar Point with Jeremy and his step-siblings and his brother and whatnot. And I'm just thinking about, I think it was, it was like literally two, it had to have been two hours in that line waiting for that ride. Because I guess the first time around they went and the top thrill dragster was closed for maintenance or whatever, and it's just, those, on um, those rides, it's, it's, cr- yeah, when we went to uh, Six Flags over Georgia back in 2011, I remember it was so hot, and you're just waiting, you, you waited in line more than you went, than you were on a ride, that's just sad, and they had, we got like a refillable drink cup thing, with the lid and a straw on it thing, kind of that you carry around, and we had, let's see, we had one, two, three, four, five, like, so like maybe like eight people or whatever. And finally, I think towards the end, we all had our own drinks because I'm just like I don't know, I I don't unless it's J- I'm sharing a drink with Jeremy, but even then, that is just like I like having my own drink. I'm really not a fan of sharing. Like I know where your mouth has been, dear, but I just I still. <laughs> But I know I kissed that mouth, but I still, I I want my own drink without someone else's, you know, mouth and germs on the bottle. I'm sorry. Or the straw or whatever. Dean's like, how long do you think it'll take? And Brad says, oh, at least an hour, maybe more, maybe two. That's right, because Dean's going to get to his dad at the studio. Kisa says, I'm not read- leaving until I write this ride, <laughs> so I'm going to be here. <laughs> and Dean mentions how he's got to meet his dad in like an hour at his office. Uh, Brad is wearing the baseball shirt, the white with the green sleeves. That I swear, like, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, like, if you've seen The Sandlot, he was wearing that the dog Hercules at the end that they called the Beast for the majority of the movie. He was wearing that shirt at the end of the movie and it said Hercules across the front. Or did it say the Beast? I think it said Hercules across the front. So, yeah. He even asked, like, Brad asked him, like, hey, can you skip practice, like, just this once? I mean, I'd be like, you're fourth chair, man. Does it really matter at this point? The, the, the fair tomorrow. The, the concert is tomorrow. I mean, if you weren't ready before. I mean, one afternoon of practicing is not going to. Yeah. If by some miraculous thing that <laughs> Corey and Teddy and... Craig all get food poisoning or something the next day or they're sick or something happens and Dean ends up playing first chair. I think that's the only way that, that that would work out that he would end up in first chair the three other people had to drop out for weird reasons. Corey says oh no, he definitely needs to practice. <laughs> Corey says you know, I play better than him and I'm terrible. How? What? What is this musical chairs of The saxophone? That's what it feels like. Bump, 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 bump you back all the way to fourth. (laughs) But, Kisa says, but I'm too scared to ride by myself. Yeah, Dean, this could be a beautiful, oh my gosh, we could be recreating the season one O.C. Ferris Wheel Kiss from Mar- Ryan and Marissa, we could be recreating that with Dean and Kisa. And I am here for it. Let's see that kiss on the Ferris wheel. Dean and "Ask, won't you ride with it? Come on, Dean, just do it. I know your dad's going to be mad. He's going to ground you. You're probably going to search for the fairground, screaming, Dean, Dean, where are you? That kind of thing. But you're going to be with your girl. Gosh, I hope they get together soon. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm here for it, I'm excited, I need it in my life. And, Dean said to you, know, my dad was gonna kill me, but at least I'd have a smile on my face while it's in the coffin. Wow.
4: That's a long line. How long do you guys think it'll take? At least an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. I'm not leaving until I ride it. Ugh. Dude, gotta meet my dad at his office pretty soon. Can't you skip practice
0: just this once? No, he definitely needs to practice. <laughs> I mean, I played better than him, and I'm terrible, right? But I'm too scared to go by
1: myself. Won't you ride with me?
0: My dad was gonna kill me, but at least I'd have a smile on my face and my coffin.
1: So, Dean and Lillian are walking to the college to Bill's office. He figured, he figured it'd be best if his mom were there to kind of help diffuse the situation with Bill. Like, yeah, he will be angry or there's another situation that's going on and he isn't able to it's like it's it's like it's fine. Or, Dean, don't worry about her. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So Lillian as they're walking across the campus, she asks Dean, like, hey, are you alright? And Dean's like, yeah. And then he asked, well, how did daddy take it when Bruce said he, w- he was quitting music? I can imagine he probably took it pretty hard. You know, I'm sure it's every you know musician father's dream that they hope that one of their kids would, you know, take over in their footsteps. So he asked Dean, like, well, is that what you want to do? And apparently Lillian's been kept in the dark about the fact that, I mean, does she know that Dean's been moved to fourth chair? She must. Could you, like, what happened? You are so excited about your solo and the shirt and all that stuff. And Dean is honest. He says, I just know that whatever I'm doing isn't working and dad doesn't want any excuses.
0: I missed daddy's time window, so I thought it best to have mama walk me in. I needed as many crime scene witnesses as possible. You okay?
4: guess. How did dad react when Bruce quit playing music? Is that what you want to do?
5: what happened? You were so excited about the solo and the shirt
4: and everything. I just know that what I'm doing isn't working and dad doesn't want any more excuses.
1: So we see that Bill is teaching one-on-one with another saxophone, stu- uh, saxophone student. And, you know, he's being supportive. Like, hey, man, that's not bad at all. It's not bad. And the kid says, I, he even apologizes. Like, I'm sorry, I just I haven't had time to practice. And Bill says, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. We'll try something a little easier, okay? And Dean tells us, it's like, that he always assumed that... His dad couldn't help but be hard on him all the time. Dean sees this as a choice, you know, a choice that is making him miserable. It's like, man, if you don't want to do this, you have to let him know. Just say, hey, I was only doing this because I wanted to follow in your footsteps and maybe that isn't really what I want to do. Uh, you know, I'm clearly doing this for all the wrong reasons. I'm not improving because I'm not putting in the work. And I may as well just stop wasting both our time and the time of my school band. Because, it just, yeah, honestly, I mean, I honestly could see Dean doing something different. Maybe another, if another instrument if he still wants to be in band or just putting... His because he's got his science fair interest. He likes you know the telescope looking at the stars, and he's really amazing. You know he's good at school. So and there's got to be there are so many other interests. I'm sure I I would just like to see what else we could do besides you know music as well. And Dean thinks you know I just didn't get it. You know why it's like why. Is he putting himself through all of this? If his dad's just gonna be disappointed in how he's playing, or why am I beating myself up because this isn't what I really want? And I'm doing it for other wrong reasons. Or why is it be- because that's a student and he's that's his job? Like, sure, it doesn't mean that he should be hard on you, but it's like why can you be helpful with this guy, but you can't be that with me?
3: okay that's not bad you're definitely improving i'm sorry i know you want to be better prepared for today but i haven't had much time to practice hey don't be so
0: hard on yourself why don't we work on something easier i guess up until that point i'd always (laughs) assumed my dad couldn't help but be hard on me all the time but now i was seeing that it was a choice a choice that was making me miserable and i just didn't get it why
1: So, Bill comes home and asks Lillian, well, I thought you were bringing Dean by my office to practice. What happened with that? Did something happen? And she says, well, no. um, Dean is in his room waiting for you to come home. Yeah, Dean, man, just be honest with your dad that this just isn't something that you want to do. And even tells Bill, like, I just want to say before you go back there, maybe you shouldn't be so hard on him. Like, he is really... Yeah, if you think about it, he is kind of, Dean is beating himself up emotionally in this regard because he feels like maybe his dad. Part of me wonders if Bill expects Dean to, like, yeah, you don't have that natural gift of music, but that doesn't mean that we can't work on it so you can. And Bill's like, well, why does everyone think I'm hard on him? I'm no harder on him than my father was on me. Like, yeah, we've met Granddaddy Clisby. We know. And Bill says, I push him because I care. And he says, the boy needs to toughen up if he's going to play in front of big audiences. But man, we don't know that he is. And maybe that's not what he wants. He's in the school band because he's in the school band. And he picked saxophone because that's what you do. It's a country song. How is it? It's I'm trying to think who it's by. I think it's, like, I've Been Watching You. Oh, it's called Watching You by Rodney Atkins. Okay. Um, Yeah, it talks about a father and a son. They went to go get a Happy Meal at Mickey D's. And, of course, they were in the car. Green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath. And... Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word that started with S, and I was concerned. So I said, son, now where did you learn to talk like that? And the son says, I've been watching you, Dad. I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. (laughs) I want to do everything like everything you do. Oh, this is just, it's, it's such a sweet song. And it just, the song in a way, it just goes on about how as parents, I mean, I can't say from example for me, but I can see parents do need to watch themselves, what they say, how they act, what they do. Because yes, they are examples and their kids are going to be following their example. As a kid, you probably, I want to be just like dad. Or I just want to, I want to be just like mom when I get older. So it's like, yes, what you say and do is going to be projected upon your child. And they are going to basically, yeah, they're going to project that back at you. And it's like, you got to really watch it because how you, how you are is how they're going to take and go out into the world with that sense of, in a way. You're developing their self as they themselves are also developing their own personality. So they're taking cues from mom or dad like, okay, this is acceptable. Okay, sure, I can do this because mom or dad are do it. And it's like, There's no one saying, oh, don't do that. Unless you're saying don't. What is that saying? Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Amazing question by Lillianne. I'm surprised no one had has asked Bill this. Has Dean said that's what he wants to do? Willie really and his hit Bill was some hard hitting questions he really should be thinking about. Has Dean ever had the chance not to play? Because it seems like this has been ground in him as soon as he could hold an instrument. Has Dean, oh, no, it's, has Dean ever been offered the choice not to play? Like, does he even get a choice in this matter? And Bill says, well, I assume that's what he wants to do. It's like, he probably figures, like, hey, my son is taking up the saxophone in the school band because he wants to be just like me. Hmm. Yeah, and he says, eventually, I mean, that's what he's going to do. I mean, otherwise... If he's not going to play professionally, it's just a waste of talent. Oh, okay. So, basically, it almost sounds like he's saying, like, anyone playing recreationally that is not going to eventually into playing professionally. It's just, why are you even doing this? If you're not going to, it's. I mean, you could almost say, like, well, if your relationship's not leading to marriage, then what are we even doing here? What is the point of any of it? Or I, I, or something to that effect. It just seems like, well, if you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, and it's not going to lead to anything, you may as well not. You can even say, even growing up, you know, I wanted to be an author, I'd write little stories. Doesn't exactly mean I'm going to be an author one day. That's the thing, your dreams change. From the dreams you have of what you want to do with your life as a child to those that change when you become a teenager, and then they probably change again once you become an adult. You're trying different things. Just because you're trying them and it's not going to lead to something professionally in the future doesn't mean you shouldn't try them. (coughs) Yeah, and Lillian again has to remind Bill, like, well let's remember that he's 12 and bill sees this as more like more excuses and he says when i was 12 i was 20 and i'm thinking well that's your problem right there you grew up too fast how many of us have been in situations as children that have made us grow up a little faster than Normal where you feel like you didn't even really get a childhood. Like you had to take on responsibilities that normally your age wouldn't be up to you. That they would be taken care of for you. And another thing is trying to be with other kids your age. But you are mentally so far above them that you can't fit in. It's just... Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but anyway, but um, yeah. It's good that Bill has had this goal uh, that he's seen through since he was young and he's been dedicated into fulfilling and honing the skill and everything, but not everyone is, especially his sons, are not wired that way. Just because you're into something and you're doing it professionally. And this is another thing that irritates me. is the fact that these these parents that have these stores. Or like, oh, my son or daughter's going to take over the family business. It's like, or I'm opening this so one day this could be a legacy. Where my family members could, you know, kids could pass it down to their kids. You're forgetting that your kids have their own desires, wants, dreams. And by kind of shoehorning them into that and it's just, it's just very, it's unrealistic and it's unfair. I mean, why can't he just enjoy Like, hey, you know, I can help you get better if you want to get better, but if you don't want to continue, so that's okay too. But, and she tells him, do you ever feel that maybe your frustration on Dean Wasting his talent is because you feel like you're wasting yours. And Bill's like, he's surprised. Like, what? No, this isn't about me. This is about Dean. It's like, is it though? You know how some parents do tend to project their wants and, like, dreams onto, the, or failed dreams onto their children in hopes, like, you're gonna, the that's saying, you're gonna have everything I never had, you're gonna have opportunities that I, and I would kill to have this opportunity when I was your age, that pressure and everything, that's exactly what this is, this is pressure, and it maybe, in a way, like, Bill, Bill probably feels like there are some aspects of music, like, oh, if I'd only done this sooner, if I could have done this differently, and maybe in a way, now that I have Dean here, he can fulfill those areas where I really... (sighs) Don't do that to your children. Uh, If you guys have seen the show One Tree Hill, you know Nathan Scott, basketball player... He eventually does make it to the NBA. So he's pretty much li- living... Yeah, the parent, Dan Scott, is living out his dreams of basketball stardom through his son. And just don't do that to your kids. Don't do that. Don't build these expectations and just hopes and just of, I want this for my kid. You know, can you just hope that your kids just... Do what they want to do with their life and do the best that they that they can and they're capable of without just projecting your dra- failed dreams onto them and hoping like they'll succeed where I didn't succeed or something. Uh. I really honestly kind of hope we, if he's not going to do sex, just let's move on from this. It's okay, but, and I see where the story's kind of building and stuff like that. But can we kind of, let's move forward from this. And she's like, yeah, of course. And she says, I think part of you doesn't want to take that tour because you don't want to risk your tenure. He doesn't want to take that tour because he wants that tenure. Which I can imagine you worked so hard for that. And now, and now that I think about it, is that going to dissolve his band because this isn't just him, it's his band too. Where he decided—did he even tell his bandmates that he was gonna do this? Like, I just don't know about the tour. It's my decision since basically he's, you know, lead sax and all that stuff like that. And this is just like—and I keep bringing up Full House. When Jesse went to Japan, he was offered a year touring Asia, and because Becky didn't want that he gave it up without really any say i don't even think honestly i don't even think he told the rip uh, the rippers that he was offered a tour they as a group were offered a tour of asia for a year i don't think he ever told them that it's like hey i just found out they don't need to know about it because i'm turning it down He says, maybe that's why you're frustrated. He says, yes, I am frustrated because I really want this tenure, but the band's going to be devastated if I don't go on this tour. I don't give them that opportunity. He's been working so hard at this tenure. He sees, you know, this tour is, it's a risk towards that. I mean, he might have one song on the radio, but... What honestly could be more, I mean, has he put more time in with being, you know, working at the school and everything? And it's like he's, he's doing two things and everything like that. And sometimes the other one has to give to be able to get more from your main thing. Like, it's one thing to have, like, a hobby and be successful with that, too, but there's another point of putting so much time into your job, it's like you're getting an opportunity that you've worked towards since you started. And since the stability that comes with it, the benefits and everything, like, you know, insurance and all that stuff, going on tour with a band just because you're on the radio it does not guarantee any of those things. Bill says, this is too important to our family, and I'm not taking it out on Dean. And, and, and Bill just like, or does it? I don't know. Elliot tells him, like, I, I want you to know that we really appreciate your sacrifices. She makes it clear, I really appreciate your sacrifices. And Bill says, you know, maybe I should go have a talk with him.
3: you bringing Dean by my office to practice? Did something happen?
5: Well not exactly. Then where is he? He's in his room waiting on you to come home. But I just want to say before you go back there, you might not want to be so hard on him.
3: Why does everyone think I'm hard on him? I'm no hard on him than my father was on me. I push him because I care. The boy needs to toughen up if he's ever going to play in front of big audiences.
5: Has Dean said that's what he wants to do? Has he ever had the choice not to play
3: (laughs) well i assume that's what he wants to do eventually what else would he want if he's not playing professionally then it's just a waste of talent.
5: well let's just remember he's 12. oh
3: more excuses when i was 12 i was 20.
5: have you ever thought that maybe your frustration about dean wasting his talent is because you feel like you might be wasting yours what no This
3: isn't about me. This is about Dean.
5: Of course. But I think a part of you already knows that you don't want to take that tour because you want tenure. And maybe, maybe that's what's really frustrating
3: you. Of course I'm frustrated. The band's gonna be devastated. But I can't risk losing tenure. The stability that comes with it, the the benefits. It's too important to our family. But that doesn't mean I'm taking it out on Dean. Or does it? Maybe, I don't know. Well, I
5: hope you know that we really appreciate your sacrifices. I really appreciate your sacrifices.
7: Maybe I should
3: go have a talk with him.
1: So, Bill comes into Dean's bedroom and says, Hey, you ready for tomorrow? And Dean just like, I'll go get my saxophone in practice. And Bill says, hey, who said anything about a saxophone? I
4: know. You're mad at me.
3: I was. <laughs> but that's not why I'm here now. You ready for tomorrow?
4: Saxon practice.
3: Who said anything about a saxophone?
1: I gotta ask, how many people are playing guitars and or, or saxophones in that band? Because there are four. I don't see Corey. I don't see uh, Teddy. I don't see Craig. Where are they? What do they got? Like 20 plus sax players in that band, or is this a different band? Oh wait, okay, I do see Corey. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. But then there's an empty seat, probably where Dean would be. And Dean says, it didn't much matter to me. Instead of sitting in that band chair terrified, I was terrified for another reason. And Bill and Dean are on the right. <laughs> it's so cool! Yeah, it turns out Bill decided to stop being Dean's teacher and just be his dad. Cool! Candy apples! Or caramel apples with an... Ah, oh, this looks so good! <laughs> So yeah, and Dean and father, you know is Bill going on rides or having caramel apples? They're playing the games where you use a dart and hit a little balloon. And Dean even says, you know, one of the things he learned as a father himself is for your kids is sometimes you need to step out of the way and let them be them. And I guess, uh, Dean's gonna get, uh, private lessons, I'm guessing, still on the sax, or maybe he's gonna try a different instrument? I don't know. Because the guy says, okay, uh, private lessons usually last about an hour, you know, Bill's dropping him off, and I guess another hard thing was Bill telling his band they weren't going on tour. I actually see Bill's, like, guys, look, I can't do it. And they're like, what, what do you mean you can't do it? And Washboard is just leaving. Like, Bill's like, Washboard, where are you going? Where are you going? And then, of course, now Bill can just focus on teaching his students. So he's playing the saxophone. As we go back to the state fair, turns out Dean says, I wasn't the only one under pressure. Because Craig gets up there. Oh, boy. Is he going to flounder? Is he going to flounder on stage under the pressure? As saxophone plays off keynotes and subtitles. I don't know if those were his parents that we're looking on, but then we got other people like, oh, ouch. Have mercy on my ears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bill left it up to Dean to choose, to choose whether or not to stick with music. All right, cool. And Dean says, which is why I still play today.
0: A nice-sized crowd showed up for the school's band performance. didn't much matter to me. Instead of sitting in that band chair terrified, I was terrified for another reason. Turns out my dad had decided to stop being my teacher and just be my dad. until i was a father myself that i learned that sometimes what's best for your kids is for you to step out of the way private lessons usually last about an hour <laughs> that was tough on my dad so was telling his band that they weren't going on tour look guys I- i'm sorry i just can't do it what
3: you, mean you can't do it i can't do it yeah, hey, where, are you where are you going where are you going yeah, just...
0: thankfully my dad could still focus on teaching his actual students <laughs> And he was damn good with them. And it turns out I wasn't the only one in school band who struggled under pressure. That's just something you have to learn to deal with in your own way. But what I appreciate most is that Daddy left the choice of sticking with music, or not, up to me which is why I still play today. <laughs> yep, still got it.
1: Tiny! So, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time with this episode. It was it was a lot of fun. It definitely was. So, <laughs> Alright, so, um, I would really say, if I had to go with worst outfit, I think with what, um, what's his name, what Craig was wearing, mm. uh, best outfit, um, honestly, I'm gonna give it to Brad in his green and white Baseball shirt that made him look like Benny the Jet or Hercules from the Sandlot, the Beast slash Hercules from the Sandlot movie. Best outfit of the, episode. I know it's pretty sad, but uh, that was the only one I could think of. All right, so coming next week is going to be season one, episode thirteen, the Valentine's Day dance, which aired on February second, twenty twenty, 2020, twenty twenty-two. <laughs> Uh, February 2nd, 2022. Yes. In this episode, Dean's plans to ask Kisa to the val- Valentine's Day dance are foiled when another boy asks her out first. Bill and Lillian make Kim sign up for a big sister program to have extracurricular activities for her college applications. Wonderling words of wisdom for this episode, especially, is just hey. If you like to do something, do it because you want to do it, not because you feel pressure from a parent or something. Just because your parents are a musician or whatever field they are and don't feel pressured that you have to follow in their footsteps. And again, parents, please don't pressure your children to follow in your footsteps. Let them have their own dreams. They want to play something, let them play because they want it. That's a fun thing, or they're just learning a new talent. But don't go on and say, we're going to hone your skills and you're going to play professionally one day. Like, don't do not do that either, please. So, all right. So, the one episode I can think of of the OG Wonder Years where it's kind of silent, kind of, kind of, kind of, somewhat similar-ish. And by ish, I mean... As close as humanly possible. <laughs> We're gonna go with season... Three. I think it's season three. Rock and Roll, episode 10 of the Wonder Years. New student Larry Beeman turns Kevin on to the wonders of rock and roll. Pretty soon Kevin purchases his own guitar and is rocking with Larry and his band. Yeah, I'm gonna play where we meet larry kevin is introduced to larry then of course the scene where kevin flat out asks over family dinner if he can get a guitar and then of course the scene in the lunchroom where they say where are the electric shoes oh yeah and the band rehearsal of where they're like the band is trying to decide what to play and the fact that larry got them a gig at a birthday party and just like the end scene so alright
6: that guy the first time I laid eyes on Larry Beeman I knew I was looking at someone different (laughs) hey what's happening nothing much sure he was weird but he was also kinda interesting you there not always the best thing to be in junior high school. What's going on here? Uh, playing a song. Me? What's your name, Mister? Beeman. Larry Beeman. You're Maybe new he here. Bond. Just moved from Frisco. <laughs> well, Mister Beeman from San Francisco. Let me acquaint you with our rules.
1: From not San Fran. Oh.
6: Hey, that's cool. Specifically pertaining to the playing of musical instruments in school. Please don't touch my. It's not permissible. Now, this was technically none of my business. Yeah. Crushing okay. individual spirit <laughs> was the vice principal's job, and he took it seriously.
1: Still. Talking Mr. Mr. Depart. <coughs> Arnold. <laughs>
7: Is it permissible to play musical instruments outside the school?
6: What are you getting at? That I'm
1: right well, now. Well,
7: technically speaking, sir... We are outside.
1: There is no roof here.
7: I mean, this is a courtyard. Yes.
1: It's a quad. Is it a quad?
0: Anything in the rules about courtyards?
6: You're new here. Don't let it happen again. (sighs)
1: Sure. Stop with the hands on the hips, Diperna. Please. Please.
0: Thanks, man. I owe you one.
7: So you wanna really, so really play that thing? Sure. Like a band and stuff?
0: Sure. Matter of fact, I'm thinking of putting together a band here. You play?
7: Um, not exactly.
0: You gotta try it.
7: Yeah, but don't you have to practice a lot?
0: Hey, it's rock and roll, man. All you need <laughs> to know is like three chords. Tell you what,
7: I could teach you. You could?
6: That's great, man. The music, the babes. Nothing like it. Interested? Interested? (laughs) Of course I was interested. Still.
7: No, I don't think so.
6: Think about it. Sure. But there wasn't much to think about. Not really.
1: So, yeah, DePerna gives a kid a new, Larry Beeman. <laughs> I like, it he's like, Beeman, Larry Beeman, like he's Bond, James Bond. And the guy is just like, hey, you can I'm surprised he didn't say you can't play that on school property or something like that. But it's like, you can't play, it. like, and Kevin's like, well, we are in a courtyard, there is no roof, hence we're technically not in school. And I'd be like, because DePernick's like, hey, um, it's in the school handbook. I'm like, well, I wasn't giving one, a given one. Can you like show me where, and it specifically says in the handbook, show it to me, black and white letters on a page. I want to see it. <laughs> so yeah. But, and I like oh yeah, Kevin sticks up in this guy. You don't, he doesn't even know. And the guy's like, yeah, any uh, leeway there with playing in the courtyard? What's to say about that in the handbook? This alleged handbook that I don't have. And the fact that the pearl, like, kicks his guitar case okay, a little, like, hey, you, kid playing the guitar with the long hair. <laughs> so, yeah, Kevin pretty much saves his butt. And it's like, so you really play that thing, right? You're really good? Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, you play? And Kevin's like, no. No, I don't and the guy's like hey it's so easy well yeah because Kevin's like don't you have to practice and stuff and the guy's oh you need to know like three chords you can play practically anything and he even says like hey I'm thinking of starting up a band here because he said I thought he said he's from Frisco and DiBerna's like yeah from San Francisco I thought he said Frisco there is a Frisco California I'm pretty sure Um, so, yeah, and he's like, hey, man, you thinking of, and Kevin's like, mm, I don't think so, and Larry, like, paints this picture, like, man, it's awesome, being up on stage, the babes, just all of it, it's so cool, you are missing out if you're not doing this, and Kevin, (laughs) so, yeah, let's get to the scene where he actually asks, if he can play, get get a guitar. Like, yeah, I'm sure his dad who busts his butt at NORCOM is just like, yeah, Kevin, sure, I'll pay $100 to give you a guitar. No. Yeah, but before we get to dinner, we are actually going to see Kevin stop by Larry's place. And he's playing in his garage and Kevin is gonna get that first taste of oh the music. He set up a band pretty dang quickly, I'll tell you that. Like he's got like two other people. The long haired kid with the glasses, linen glasses, um Alan from Punky Brewster's come out of the woodwork to be in this episode. <laughs> he's on the drums. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. I can't remember. They'll tell us
6: maybe why the next day i found myself in larry's garage how's it feel man Fine. Oh. still standing there actually holding that guitar sure. i knew i'd made a mistake came okay, man <laughs> who was I kidding i felt foolish go ahead play it i felt square <laughs> i felt i felt 40 billion volts of power run through my body
1: Up that amp, baby,
6: Let her go. <laughs> With
1: of the of
6: that wall of sound. I realized a new door had been opened. It was rock and roll, man, rock and roll. Woo! And so I knew what I had to do.
1: So, yeah, Kevin, is, he's got a taste of that music. He's like, I am not going back. I need my guitar. I need my own guitar. Yeah. So now he's going to bring this up at the dinner table. And this the idea of him playing a, a guitar is so laughably hilarious. Everyone's literally busting gut. Like, ah, you playing a guitar? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. I can just picture it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that idea sucks. i uh, I cannot see you on a guitar. Yeah, they're like you on a guitar. is like watching Urkel play the accordion. <laughs> this is how Kevin starts. He's like, Dad, I need a guitar. I'm like, Are you gonna buy it yourself? Um, are you gonna chip in for the electric bill when it go the it goes out because you're using that amp? In my house. Dad, I need a guitar. Sure you. Yeah. And I want a million dollars.
6: Great. <laughs> I just made an announcement that would shape a generation. And what was I getting?
1: <laughs>
7: More potatoes, honey. <laughs> what do you want a guitar for? Well, the play
1: it, of course.
7: I was thinking about joining a rock and roll band.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me, right? <laughs> Something amusing here. (laughs) (laughs) I
7: just need to borrow the money, okay? But you're not serious, are you, honey? Well, I mean, you paid for my piano lessons, (laughs) honey. That was different. Why? Why was that different?
6: (laughs) There, I had her stumped.
7: That was real music.
1: Even Karen's living there, like, excuse me. Noise. <laughs> you have gotten to the 80s. Yet. Wait till you hear heavy okay. metal.
6: Maybe that was true. But I wasn't going to be derailed by simple logic. I was determined.
7: So, Dad, can I have a guitar? <laughs> uh.
6: Here it came. There was only one answer I'd accept.
1: No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> the fact that he's... Yeah, Karen's even like, why do you want a guitar? And Kevin says, oh yeah, I'm thinking of joining a rock and roll band. And of course like smirk I'm like, are you kidding me? And Kevin, the way that he's like, look, I just need to borrow the money, okay? I'm thinking, yeah, and when are you going to pay it off? Just like, you don't have to give me an allowance for a year. <laughs> that still wouldn't add up to the price of a guitar. And... Even Norma's like, um, yeah, I don't think so, basically, just, like, yeah, she's like, you're not serious, are you? I'm thinking, well, he wouldn't have brought, he's not gonna reach stars, but he's not gonna, it's not a professional thing, it's a thing he's doing, and then he'll move on to something else, pretty much. (laughs) We don't hear about anything about him, it never comes back in the series at all. (laughs) <laughs> and of course he brings up the fact that he played uh piano lessons he's like well you pay for my piano lessons and norma says that's different and kevin calls around like oh really how is that different exactly and of course he stumped norma she doesn't have it and she's like well that was real music the look that karen gives norma when norma says well that was real real music it's like that is the like, lamest excuse and we even find out at the end of that episode, at the, uh, it's called CODA, as an adult, he does not even remember how to play. So he turns to Jack and says, so, can I have a guitar? And I like the way that Jack takes his time, like, takes the dinner napkin, wipes his mouth with it, sets it down, folds one hand over the other, just kind of like, No. No explanation, just a simple no. Mo- and the way that Norma was looking at him, like she pretty much figured, like, no, he's not gonna. No, this is. We know Jack. He's not gonna give in and just give his kid a guitar. Ugh. I mean, he wasn't getting them a ba- Kevin a new baseball mitt, and he surely was not gonna get Wayne a new stereo. So yeah, I'm mean, like, you want a guitar, you go out there and you pay for it yourself. Even the next day in the school. Larry Beeman's like, really, man? You asked your parents for a guitar? What is wrong with you? So like, do you think Jimi Hendrix asked his dad for a guitar? Huh? No. He just went out there and got one. And that's what Kevin does. He goes out there, gets a guitar, gets an amp included, apparently, and proceeds to plug it into the basement, and boom, bang, out go the lights. Their power is out. Because that house can't hold that it can't provide that kind of juice we're gonna get introduced to Larry Beeman's band oh uh the boy who plays Casey Ellison who played Alan Anderson on Punky Brewster plays Mark something or other on the drums
6: and so from the (laughs) humble beginnings of Larry Beeman's garage a new musical force was born and what a band it was (laughs) On drums, our foundation, our support. Mark Bernstein. On bass guitar, to know him is to love him. Neil Rhodes. On lead guitar, Larry Beeman. And on rhythm guitar, a man who needs no introduction
1: Yours truly I hope they're using the pick when you're playing this thing Okay,
6: we had our equipment We knew our three chords It was official We were a rock and roll band
4: Okay, let's get going Let's play Sunshine of Your Love I don't know Sunshine of Your Love It's cool, it's cool What do you know? Um,
7: satisfaction
6: No, no, I don't know satisfaction. I don't think they know anything. How about Louis, Louis? How's that go? Okay, so it wasn't an auspicious beginning, but it wasn't going to stop Larry. (laughs) Why don't we just jam? That's the spirit. Rock and roll. Let it all hang (laughs) out. One, two, three, four! Oh,
1: nice.
0: So what are we going to call ourselves?
7: The electric shoes. Yeah. Yeah. The electric shoes. Yes, the electric shoes. We're called the electric shoes, okay? Why? Because what difference does <laughs> it make? Well, it just doesn't make any sense.
6: Oh, we talk about a couple of stick in the muds.
7: Paul. Does Strawberry Alarm Clock make any sense? Does Vanilla Fudge make any sense?
1: Vanilla Fudge? <laughs> strawberry Alarm Clock.
7: So, you did good. <laughs> Look, Paul, we practiced once, right? Do you think the Beatles sounded so great the first time they played? Probably. I just hope you don't make a complete fool out of yourself. I don't know. I guess I could see Kevin as a musician.
1: But not Well, well,
6: well, what have we here? <laughs> Potential groupie material? You
7: know, I think he kind of looks like Paul McCartney. He does?
1: Just because he's got dark yeah. hair.
6: Stick that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it, Pfeiffer.
7: Actually, he looks more like Donny Osmond. Huh? huh? I just hope you don't make a complete fool out of yourself.
1: Dude, relax, Paul. Uh,
7: I
6: think who he needed wants friends to anyway. I had a band.
1: So yeah, Paul's like the electric shoes. Really, that's the name of your band? Oh my god, that sounds—it don't make any sense. And Kevin's like, does strawberry alarm clock make any sense? Huh? Does does vanilla fudge make any sense? What did they sing? What did they sing? And strawberry alarm clock. I'm looking at it up right this second. I want to know what did they sing. Probably something i probably heard of. See, that's the thing, like, sometimes you can tell, like, oh, I know that song. Do you know the artist? Uh, no. <laughs> Let's see. Vanilla Fudge. Fudge. F-U-D-G-E. You keep me hanging on. Really? They sang that song? Let me hear it. Is that the song? Come on. Okay, um, that song, I thought it was... Well, I thought it was that, You Keep Me Hanging, on. you know, that song, I can't even remember what this, what is that song, I know, the song I'm thinking of is like, it's like a lady group or something, what was the other, Strawberry Alarm Clock, Strawberry, wine? no, (laughs) Alarm Clock, Artist, here we go, um, and Sons of Peppermint's, Rainy day mushroom pillow. What in the? Wh- okay, so these songs are weird. Listen to some of these. Rainy day mushroom pillow. Sit with the guru. Curse of the witches. The world's on fire. Those are popular. I've heard of Incent I've heard of this song. Every song. What is that? Every song in the sixties had that. Uh, Lava Lamp. <laughs> Wake up, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Do you have any of these? Oh, man. I think that might be the only song I know from that. So, yeah. Paul keeps going on, like, oh, I hope you don't make a fool out of yourself. And Winnie is like, you know, I think he, if you, it's like if you squint your eye, you look at Kevin with one eye closed. He looks like he could resemble Paul McCartney. (laughs) Or maybe Donny Osmond. And (laughs) Kevin's... I've just been rocking out to cool songs by the band Bread. What is Kevin's aversion to that? Honestly, I think they're good. They all... It seems like a lot of songs sounds like you know that kind of vibe to it because you know it was the 70s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're little groupies there that look like a uh, miniature Carly Healy and Becky Slater are just like these kids are just noise that's all they're producing they're not producing actual they're not even singing I don't think they're just producing noise from their instruments so yeah and turns out I think this is where Larry drops like hey we got our first gig and Kevin's like what wait what excuse me like, playing in front of hu- human people. Like, in front of people. Yeah. And the thing is, turns out, Larry Beeman is kind of all talk. Like, I thought you said you were in a band, Larry. You have played in front of people before. You you said you... What? And Larry's like, what's it matter, man? What's it matter? It's gonna be Fine. We're going to be there because Kevin's like, man, I, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't, I don't want to embarrass myself. And Larry's like, hey, look, man, whatever. Practically calling him a cell, like, hey, we're going to be there.
6: In a manner of speaking. Okay, so we were lousy. But who cared? No one had to listen to us, so what difference did it make? <laughs> Guys, I meant to tell you, I got us a gig. What? And suddenly, it made a difference. Yeah, right. What'd you say? Amy
0: Erman's birthday party. Friday night. We're booked.
7: You're kidding, right? A real party? With people? <laughs> that we know? <sighs> it's gonna be great, man. Larry, we're not ready.
6: Hey, we're never gonna know <laughs> unless we get out there and do it.
7: Yeah, but... Ma, what are you afraid of?
6: What was I afraid of? How about, say, total public humiliation, for starters? Larry, <laughs> you've played in bands before. You know we just can't...
1: No, he's never played in a band before. Truth <laughs> comes out. Larry,
7: <laughs> you have played in bands before, haven't you?
6: <laughs> what difference does that
1: make? A lot! <laughs> and then it all
6: came clear paul had been right there was potential for real disaster here
7: look i'm not gonna go out there and make a complete fool out of myself
0: it's up to you man
6: we're gonna be there you're either with us or you're out what could i say We don't need you i wanted to be with him i wanted to take the chance and throw caution to the winds i wanted to rock and roll But the fact is, I didn't have the guts.
7: Sorry, guys. You can count me out.
6: And so I quit the electric
1: shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Larry, why? And the thing is, he tells them, hey, man, I got us a gig. Our first gig at some girl's birthday party. Or something. And Kevin's like, "What? Well, you mean playing in in front of people? People that we know. Hence, Larry hasn't been there that long. He doesn't know these kids like Kevin does. And even Paul's invite, you like, like I hope you don't make a fool out of yourself. That's coming to Kevin like, oh, man. And Kevin's like, we're, we're not ready. We're not ready to perform in front of people. I mean, there are two little mini groupies left. Those two little tots. They're like, ugh. If that says anything, it's like you're not ready to perform in front of people. So, Larry's like, hey man, you either, we're going to be there. And even the fact that, when it's like, well, you have played in a band, Larry, you've. And, and Larry, like, brushes up, like, what does that matter? It's like, it, what difference does it make? And I'm thinking, it's a big difference. This kid is full of hot air. He's full of smoke. Whatever. And Kevin's like, "Hey, man, look, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be embarrassed. Okay, uh, I'm out. I gotta get. I'm can't. Bye." And even the John Lennon glasses kid and the, um, you know, Alan Anderson there um, on the drums are just kind of looking at Kevin like, "Hey, man, what's it gonna be?" And you out. Kevin's like, "No, sorry." So it's the night of the birthday party. And Kevin's hanging out at home, and they're like, hey, I thought you were going to a party, or you're going to be late for your, you know, big gig or whatever. And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And the family's like, oh, yeah, it's just as well you got that out of your system. And Kevin takes offense, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And even Jack's like, yeah, you gotta make Kevin, that was pretty dumb. I don't care. Kevin goes into one of his rants, you know how he does. Like, hey, if I want to do something dumb... No one's going to tell me that I can't do something dumb if I want to do something dumb. And Nora's like, Kevin, what are you talking about? Oh, that's just Kevin being Kevin.
6: (laughs) That Friday night, I actually felt relieved. Or so I told myself. Did you want some
1: cookies, honey? (laughs) No.
6: No, thanks. I mean, playing in Larry's garage was one thing, but risking my reputation? That was just dumb.
1: So, Kev, I heard you quit the old electric shoes, huh? Where is he getting Thinking his info? Kevin, I'm alive and I'm not playing in the band anymore?
7: <laughs> no, Mom.
4: Oh. It's too bad.
7: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of looking forward
6: to watching you crash and burn.
7: Oh, ha-ha. Well, well at Kim. least you got it out of your system, sweetie. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Well, you're not at the well, I just party. mean that
4: it wasn't really you.
6: What? It was pretty dumb, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I really can't see you. Dumb? Somebody, please.
6: Now, wait a darn minute here. Who were these people telling me who I was and wasn't? What did they know?
7: I don't have to take this. So what if it was done? You've never done anything dumb in your life? <laughs> No kind of I'll decide here. what's dumb and what isn't, and nobody's going to tell me I can't do something dumb if I want to do something dumb.
6: Yep, mm. I was on to something here. What?
7: To join you in- Honey, what are you talking about? Oh, never mind.
6: But I knew
1: what I meant. Mm. Dumb yeah. or not, it all boiled down to one thing. <laughs> Where does Wayne honestly get his info on Kevin? He must have an informant somewhere. I mean, how many people in that school are talking about Kevin Arnold? I think Kevin's popularity of what he thinks his level of popularity is and what his actual popularity is in that school are vastly levels different from each other uh, yeah, and it's just like, uh, yeah, I was gonna watch it crash and burn, it's, it's a shame, and yeah, even Norman's like, oh, honey, you're not playing in the band, oh, that's too bad, and even the fact that it's like, well, Kevin, that just didn't seem like you, you know, what a waste of that money, then, I mean, is he ever gonna pick the guitar up, I mean, we never see it, (laughs) we never hear of that. So, yep, Kevin is going to show up at so-and-so, whatever, Amy, hoo ha I don't know what her name is, Amy something, um at her backyard birthday bash. <laughs> I was like, it, yeah, because I'm sure her dad wasn't going to spring for a real band. Like, here, I'll give you $10. That's like two fifty per person. <laughs> I'm not going to play you anything. You're just there for the publicity anyway. But you're playing in a residential neighborhood. Your sounds are horrible because you can't, you don't, I don't even think they're playing an actual song or in their head their version of a song. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're playing in a residential neighborhood. You're playing drums, guitars, what have you. It's going to be loud. Cops are going to come. They're going to shut it down. It's not going to be good. But, hey, you'll get that, uh, yeah, probably. Like, hey, I was part of a band and we got shut down by the cops, yo. How wild is that? These going to be the talk of the school for a day. He's going to ride that band popularity wave for that full day of school. I was back. <laughs> yeah, can me uh- yes, a like, it. Calm. No, what is he wearing? I was ready. gross.
6: I was a man with a mission. Oh, yeah. Kevin, say you?
1: <laughs> no, you. Yeah. sunglasses, hey, hey,
6: what do you say when finally confronted by a hero of rock and roll? In the flesh. Is that your sister's shirt? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs>
1: So, and Kevin shows up with this blue and white flower print button-up shirt, and Paul's like, is that you, Kevin? And he takes off the gla- the sunglasses, I'm like, it's dark out, you don't need sunglasses. Um, but he wants to look cool, why not? And I always crack up at this line, as honest as it is, from Winnie, and she's like, is that your sister's shirt? Good luck! <laughs> I just, I I don't know why, but that always cracks me up.
6: As I stepped up to that (laughs) patio, I felt a wildness welling up inside of me. I understood what Larry had been trying to tell me all along. Anything was possible (laughs) up here. Anything. (laughs) Including Stone Cold Panic. He's freaking, man.
1: We've been warming up for, like, 15 minutes. He, are you going to play your song? As he
6: gazed into a sea of eighth-grade <laughs> faces, reality finally caught up with Larry Beeman.
7: So are you guys going to play, or what? Yeah, really.
6: <laughs> what should we do?
7: do it was change? up to me,
6: and I made my decision. <laughs> I wasn't going to let this dream die. If we weren't going to play good, we were going to play loud.
4: Let's
1: do it. One, two, one, two, three, four. You going.
6: You're gonna have to stop.
1: Is that the guy who the smokes a pot in season five? Daddy?
6: No, oh. It was oh. the end of the day. Barely got going. We've been shut down. Busted. And then it happened. I couldn't say exactly why it happened maybe no one there could
1: even paul and linda maybe it was didn't the impatience
6: it. of youth or maybe it was the times <laughs> it doesn't really matter for one brief moment that night larry beeman and i lived out a dream Let them
7: yes.
6: <laughs> the electric shoes broke up
1: a week later of course they did
6: time there was talk of a reunion (laughs) no but it never happened
1: nope still that dream never really died
6: (laughs) what we felt in those years the hope the joy the possibilities the sense that anything might happen no matter who we were will always be a part of us after all people said the Beatles would never last and they were right except of course he did. They did.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah Barely get going. Uh, well, even John Lennon is there is Like, oh, we've been warming up for like 15 minutes. And the girl's like, are you guys going to play or what? Like, what's the story here? Um, I could have gotten any other band and we chose you. So, yeah. And as soon as they get going, because Larry is like a deer in the headlights there. <sighs> and of course... John Lennon glasses is like, oh, yeah, he's been, like, freaking. Like, he's wet as a ghost there. Like, we've been warming up for, like, 15 minutes. I don't know what his deal is. So, yeah, they get going. It's like Kevin's thinking to himself, hey, if we're not going to play good, we're going to play loud, right? Right. So, they get going. They just start up and boom! Mr. Ehrman, or whatever is Ehrman, I believe. Yeah, he is the guy... From the Christmas party who was smoking the ganja in the Arnold's basement. I remember that's season five. But anyway. <laughs> he brings like a cop or two cops with him. Like, guys, you guys are gonna this is just neighbors are complaining. You'll have to stop. I'm like, they barely have played for half a second. So the girl's like, Daddy. <laughs> And everyone's like, what? What? Let them play. Let them play. Let them play. Let them play. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. And Kevin's like, hey, we were like looked at upon by our peers as gods, music gods here. Living in that moment. And Kevin's like, turns to Larry says, rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. And of course, yes. Electric shoes, they break up a week later, not surprised. No one was ready. No one's releasing an album. So apparently Kevin's like, oh, there are talks of a reunion. I'm sure Larry went back to Frisco. <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, Larry who? Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Kevin's lying on his bed with the Beatles record and saying how Some said the Beatles would never last. They did. And boy, did they ever. Yes. (laughs) I I had, oh my gosh, I had fun covering a bit of this episode again, too. So, I'm going to be back with the Valentine's Day dance. And then I'm going to take some more time off. You know, I do a few... I take some time off. So we'll probably get back into this in like maybe mid to late March, April. I'll cover some more. Because this is episode 12, 12, so there's at least 10 more episodes to go after this. So we got time, guys. We got time. I mean, if I'm covering episodes in the summertime... You know, once we hopefully get picked up for season two. I, oh my gosh, I hope we get picked up for season two. I really want to see, I want to see Dean and Kisa as a couple. I want to see that. So, all right, everybody. Have a great week. a Great February. I'll be back next Wednesday with the Valentine's Day Dance. Episode 13 of season one.